What's up, everybody? Another episode of the Trade Cut coming to you from Weston Cigars in South Memphis. I just ran out of breath. I did run out of breath. Technically, <laughs> three. <laughs> Cold open. <laughs> Cold open. Um, you, uh, you, you, uh, you, you, you second. Uh, you did three, and then you did three again. I know. Uh, it's become a thing. Yeah, that is my thing. And this is Mark, and we have a, we have uh, somebody we don't need to introduce. And but this they is should, Brandon. I'm glad you to be should here. introduce yourself, though. <laughs> I'm Brandon. You are. My mouth still hurts. I had a lot of dental work done today. Did you? So it's just like I don't really. Dude, last my last cavity. Fucking fine. Working out, carry you. Don't worry. Yeah. It's just it was the it was the very very back one, and for someone who talks a lot of shit, I have a small mouth. So he like cranked me open and was like working all up. I'm the same way. Oh my god, it's like like I've been in the dentist in five years, probably. It's not. It doesn't hurt. It's just sore. It's like yeah, like he put me through the fucking ringer. So I was telling you because I had I had some I had a dentist work on my back right on Friday, and I always after it starts the 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 Novocaine starts wearing off. I always take mm-hmm. aspirin because um, about uh, twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, I had an Asian dentist, a small Asian woman. Bitch about the size of my mouth. Your mouth is very small. And uh, <laughs> she jammed stuff in the back of my uh-huh. jaw and stuff. And and her and I almost went to blows. So, like, I was getting... Because you're just going, get your knee out of my fucking mouth. <laughs> I was, so, like, I would, there, he was finishing up and everything. And uh, he's like, all right, we're all good. And he was like, you know, he was like, bite down. Let me check the bite and everything. So I'm gnawing away my mama. And he's like, all right, that's all good. So I'm like bit down hard on the gauze. And he's like, all right, you're good. I was like, oh, can you take the gauze out? He's like, what? And I was just chewing on my tongue. Oh. I'm like not knowing about it. It was blood. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so so my like, guy is pretty good because he always says, uh, be really careful for the next two or three hours because yeah. you could chew out your yeah. your cheek or your tongue. And so. that's what he said, like, be careful. But I was like, too, I, I was, too, drool- too late, I was <laughs> drooling everywhere. I mean, I got to the shop and just like, I tried to eat sunflower seeds like four hours later and I was still like, wow, numb, couldn't do it. I was like, wow, just that's a, that sunflower seeds after the dentist is tough, bro. <laughs> what that's, you maybe, that's, tough. maybe that's why I'm pretty <laughs> Doesn't he give shells you the, and spitting <laughs> seeds out, bro? Doesn't like, he give you the soft food speech? Because yeah, I, I get start out like, with like a shake from Tropical Smoothie. I mean, some yeah. go straight to sunflower yeah. seeds. Because my guy gives me like a three minute soft food speech, or actually his nurse does, and she always goes, "Listen, you, you've had a traumatic experience. Please go for soft foods for the next twelve hours." But I mean, I've I've this you just is, don't follow directions. This is my fourth. Like I finally got my. This is I'm done with all the work I need to get for done. now. So I've no no. No, this is done. I'm done. This is this is what happens when you don't go to the dentist for 20 years. Oh yeah, you're caught up. Is yeah, I'm caught up. Like I've had two crowns and I've had my three fillings. I'm I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret as you get older. New stuff pops up, dude. I I just yeah. wanted like why couldn't we have like three sets of teeth? Like your baby teeth, your early adult <clears> teeth, <throat> and like ones you get like at 36 or so to get you through the rest of life. We'll take care of them. So I that. use. I mean, I do. I I just. I mean, brush once a week, whether you need yeah. to or not. I mean, you need br- it or not. I mean, brush and the the drink, whatever it is, the Listerine or whatever. Sure. But still, after like, yeah, yeah. I guess the cigars probably don't help. Probably don't. But I, mean, I don't know. So I have a dentist, a friend who was one of the owners up in Springfield, and he he um, he worked on uh, 
people who might have done crystal meth. And his his philosophy was at some point you just yank them all out and yeah. you put in new ones. Yeah. Um, and it was it's expensive though. It is expensive, but it's probably not as expensive as crystal meth. But <laughs> right. no, I don't know. It's probably more expensive Allegedly. than crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> meth. Yeah. yeah, I think two crowns was like two grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, root two, two two root canals with crowns, porcelain crowns. Yeah, two grand. Yeah, it's mean, expensive. The the fillings was the cheap part. It was like oh, yeah. fifty bucks a piece. Yeah, but yep. Oh well, my own fault for not listening to my mom. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, you should always. That's one of those things, though. Like you don't you don't like price shop at dentist or like wait for a Groupon. No, you, you know? go when you like, go. Yeah. Well, you want somebody that is like. If I got to use a Groupon to go in here, <laughs> I don't know what the quality of work is going to be like. There are some things you just got to yeah. pay full price. I, I think if like the uh, if the dentist is in a strip center or in like a mall, oh, we got to be careful right now. But that's good or not good? Not good. Okay. <clears throat> so my, I'm, uh, I, I think you want a good dentist, but yeah. I think there's good dentists to be found everywhere. But uh, I do believe in uh, getting high quality medical care. My new insurance plan this year, when you get it, it it does price compare across all so this is supposed to be that i'm supposed to choose the lowest cost carrier and i find myself going i could choose the 200 dollar mri or the 400 dollar mri and uh-huh. i'm thinking the 400 dollar mri has got to be 200 dollars better right gotta be <laughs> it's right got to be. i knew brandon wouldn't understand well because for I've the mapped, record I've there's out there's a in the mri business just so you know there's a 1200 dollar swing in arkansas in little rock so your MRIs. insurance gives you price options for a procedure. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So the concept is that I will be a more uh, conscientious consumer yeah, I don't of think it backfires. I think there's a lot of people that don't want to go to the cheapest person. Right. But they pay 800 bucks for an MRI because an MRI is whatever. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. oh, they pay $2,000 and then the rest is your choice. It's your part. And you can choose going to UAMS or to St. Vincent's or, or to open MRI or whatever. And they're all different prices and you, you choose. So whenever, whenever Mo and I were at the hospital going through her ordeal, um, you you can't really price shop. She was like laying in the bed and everything. And she was like, fuck, I wonder if UAMS is in our market. I was like, well, I mean, no, I guess we'll find out. There's no, there's (laughs) literally nothing we can do about it. Can can y'all help me out of here? Uh, (laughs) We gotta go to St. Vincent's. Yes, well, sweet. her and I have her and I have the same insurance. UAMS is in yes. it just fine. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it was fine, but it was like, hey, and we actually got plus that. emergencies are always a different deal. So oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. So we 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 actually got all that paid off. We're we don't have any medical debt now. Oh <laughs> man, that's great. So we uh, HSA. Wow, that's a fucking very nice thing to have. Like I the never savings account or the flex spending. The the one that just drops money into account and you just give them like a credit card and pay for yeah. out of pocket stuff. They're both like that, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's a great thing. Um, and it's tax, um, mm-hmm. it's not tax free, but it is tax free, but it's your money plus, uh, mm-hmm. United, which is the company that Mo and I both work for, um, because it's a high deductible plan throws in like two grand yeah. to, for the deductible. And so that credit card up to some point is like, you just, Use it, use it, use it, mm-hmm. use it for in situations like that. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, we just use it for that and like medications and stuff. And yeah, it's been nice. All right, nobody wants to hear us talk about fucking medical stuff. We wanna, well, I don't. Uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> we want to talk about cigar stuff. 
Oh. Specifically TPE. I should have prepared. PCA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who should have went over this in rehearsal? <laughs> right, we should have. <laughs> Gosh darn it, Aaron. Do you know, we don't rehearsal. Hell, last week's show, or the, I guess two weeks' shows ago, was called The One With No Prep. I mean, Weird. that's yeah. what the name of the show was. This is my favorite part about going back historically and trying to find a show where we referred to something because he calls them bullshit names. And then somebody says, where's the show with such and such on it? And it's called the pink poodle. And I go, I don't know who's on the fucking pink poodle. So uh, I've got to yeah, listen to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, that is. yeah. So, um, okay. Well, what are we smoking first then? We're smoking something new. We are mm-hmm. Latelier gold. Band, it's not called, the white band, which is the shittiest name ever for a cigar. Yeah, well, that's not the name, so that, that, that would be a bad name, though. <laughs> right? What's the name of the cigar? Um, it, well, it's just it's a it's a special edition of the Latelier that that um, the guys at Tatuaje, Pete and Dan and uh, KC released um, the Latelier SS, which I guess is the wrapper, the Spirit of Sancti wrapper. Mm-hmm. Or it could um, be the Succion Special. That's mm-hmm. that's the name as well. So I don't know. It might be double. Yeah, Latelier SS is uh, is what it is. But it's a, a limited thing that he did at the show. So four people that went to the PCA show, um, he had a, a combination of this and uh, the new T one tens with different wrappers that I believe you guys smoked a yes, week ago. Or those two. are. Those suck. But yeah, Mark, you guys no one should Mark, Mark, Mark was trying to sabotage. <laughs> right. Like no one should buy those. Yeah, how many of no. these can we smoke in one sitting? Like, you probably had to smoke two or three of them. Yes. I think we did. We did. Uh, I'm trying to smoke them out because they're not any good and no one should buy them. Right, right, right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, when those things come in, I immediately have to take some of them off the shelf uh-huh. just so customers don't get stuck with them. You know, yeah, good call. I mean, it's yeah. a per- I love that size. It's, it's yeah. very generous of you. I tell you what. That's uh, cool. Uh, the one T one ten is um, so I've I've not I didn't get to smoke the Maduro, but or I'm sorry the Habano, but the Maduro and the Sumatra are both um, first of all well constructed cigars. They sucked, so you don't want them. Right. But I like both of them equally. Doug and I sat up here one Saturday and and smoked them together. Sort of like four back to back. Like eight yeah. back to back. Well, this is like a great time of year for us because we just get back from the show. Mm-hmm. We got all the new stuff rolling in. So it's, it's yeah. like every time it comes in, it's just oh, busted it's open. It's Christmas. Light it up, you know. <laughs> yeah, off the oh, truck. This is a new, yeah, I'm like cutting the box open. Before I even look at the invoice, I'm cutting the box open, getting the paper out, taking one, lighting it up, you know. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're it's so fun smoking all the new stuff, you know. Because we're just we're just kids about it, so that's uh, the T one ten is a nice size too. Because it's uh, it's a nice little uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's like four, four and It's a little shorter than a robusto, but it's a little fatter. So I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I'm going to call it Aaron. <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's, a, it's a chode. Yeah. It's a chode. <laughs> it's a good uh, smoke. It's a good smoke. But yeah, this uh, Latelier, it's nice so far. It's darker than the normal one. It is. Um, so Do I you like the normal? More, Are absolutely. You a, yeah, Love it. me too. Whatever they make, I'm, I'm a fan yeah, of. I, 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 Pretty much all of it. I don't think I've ever had a bad Latelier or a Tat. Um, but like the the Travelers for little five packs or six packs or whatever it is. Those are nice. Fucking love those. The uh, the Lat Lancero, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, got some nice spice to it. But this one's uh, Ecuadorian and then wrapper 
Nicaraguan binder filler. But yeah, this one is quite a bit darker than the uh, the other ones. And I think these are the 56. Mm-hmm. We have two or three different sizes. And I don't even know which one I grabbed, but it looks like the 56. I think it's a 56. Um, so it comes in 52, 54, and 56. Um, yep. But yeah, I'm digging it so far. So yeah, we got... So at, at the show, everybody... Um, it's cool. We'll get into more of the show stuff, but everybody is doing PCA show exclusives, which they used to do a ton. They've done less. Now they're doing more again, which is great for shops that are able to go to the show. Yeah. See all the new stuff. There are things that are only available to, to you if you're there. And so Pete certainly does a great job supporting that, um, supporting the cigar industry and PCA and, um, so he had a whole bunch of new stuff at his booth. And so we got all that stuff coming in. And uh, so, yeah, you get to go to, you know, you go by each booth and you're ordering the new stuff and, you know, sitting there waiting for it to all start coming in, you know, in the next two, three weeks, most of it comes in. So what are, you, what are you looking forward to the most out of his, out of his booth? Because I think for us, it's either one of the two, it's either the monster mash or the uh, advent calendar. So the Monster Mash has nothing new in it. It's a cool presentation, and I'm certainly well, going to buy I it. I thought one of the blends was different, like okay. the, the the last one. So the, for me, it's clear, and the Advent's probably not going to have anything new in, right? To, but it's sort of sacrilegious. So I like that part of it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like it's like a Christmas and cigar smoking things that you're probably. Well, that's why I said a couple weeks ago. It's just winter solstice. It's, it is. That's what it's for. It's not but cigar the, smoking and Christmas goes together. I don't. We don't. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Okay. I'll try. I'll trust you on that. You're better um, at that stuff than I am. Um, but uh, I am excited about those two things because they're cool. Yeah. But I'm with Mark. It's not new. I don't, I don't think any of that's new. Yeah. I mean, have, uh, they, done, have they done the... They haven't released it yet. Advent so I don't know what calendar be. before? No. No. So that's new. But, but well, the new yeah, packaging. cigar will be a cigar they've made, yeah. I believe. Maybe different sizes. Maybe some interesting things. They're not telling you what's in it. Okay, so so it. so is conceptually, it, I'm more excited about this cigar and the T110 because it's new. Yeah, new smokies. And then they got a new size of the Cajonu or something coming out. The like grand, like big Bellicoso that that looks really good. Of like the Grand Cajonu and the Serie because they did the Serie A was new mm-hmm. one last year. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like well, a, I think it's part of that line. Like a Fat Perfecto or something. Uh huh. That'd be cool. Yeah, it yeah. looked awesome. I mean, yeah. I'm all for the repackaging stuff. I mean, I get that stuff, and yeah. I'm excited about it, but I'm more excited about I think cigars. I'm, I'm more interested to see how the packaging is for the calendar, just because, I mean, I would assume it has to be humidified at some point, because yeah, if there's that, some challenges there. Yeah, I just want to see just the how they did that. That's what kind of piqued my interest. Could be you store the advent calendar in a humidor, and then, but it'll be interesting. I mean, it looked like it was a... I mean, it looked sweet, a big size, like Tatuai 16 by 16. Tatuai doesn't do anything halfway. No. no they, they, they've never done anything halfway. And so I mean, that's the beauty of the Monster series is that mm-hmm. their stuff has been just top-notch yeah. in all the different in, incarnations. I mean, it's been really cool. Um, and that's the Monster Mash is going to be fun. What's your, do, you, do you have a favorite dress box? Um, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen all the dress boxes. I, there was an online thing where they were auctioning off or they were selling for pretty expensive. Yeah, oh God, yeah. 
autographed Pete Johnson uh, dress boxes, and they were going for five or six hundred bucks, maybe even more, seven hundred. And I, I was interested in, um, I think the Chuck, but it was like gone in before I, it went on I sale. Saw, it seemed like I, I don't know where I saw it. I saw it somewhere. Because I was going to buy it and then like give it to B to put up in the shop because uh, yeah, I thought really, it would be cool. Yeah, I like the, 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 the Jason was cool, but I remember I know, seeing cool like a, like a full set of every dress box. I think at the time there was twelve, um, but it was like seven grand. And I yeah. was like. And there, I don't, I don't know if there were cigars in it or not. It might have just been just the boxes. Just boxes, but yeah. that's like nuts. Yeah, the 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 Pete, um, the Tatuaje fans are, um, and as one, I'll just feel okay saying this. They're nuts. Oh yeah, they're oh, yeah. crazy. And I and I see a half burned SNS cigar in this. Uh, uh, oh, that's badass yeah. looking. That's cool. I'm yeah, not gonna lie. I'm gonna buy one of those. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because they you talk you guys talk about the difficulties with how do you ship a cardboard box like that, mm-hmm. be able to put cigars in it, <clears throat> protect them, make protect. it cost effective, right? Keep them humidified, and so so they come in. You have to order them in boxes of ten, which I guess allows them to be not not get crushed. cube cube shaped and everything, right? So yeah. they're not getting bent and folded and that kind of thing. So cool. I mean, they have put some thought into that. Um, so That's I'm interested surprising. to see how they show up, but I assume they're going to need to be in some type of humidification. Yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I, so. I, I get one. Because I'm, I'm already doing Beats. the thirty and thirty, so I'll do a I'll do an advent calendar in December. Five five hundred and five hundred. Um, so uh, <laughs> the uh, piece always done some show stuff, but that isn't something that a lot of places do. hasn't done hasn't done to because re- there were. I only recall one show exclusive when in all of the years we went, which was four years, and that was the um, was the Fuente charity thing they did. Oh, Everybody yeah. released something at the show, but no show exclusives like where you had to be there. Now some places made you go to order the show deals, but that's not what you're talking about. Right. Some special right. cigar that you got when you were there. I don't recall anybody but Fuente doing that when we were there. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, the last couple of shows, just because of everything that's gone on, you know, three years ago, it was IPCPR, International Pipe Cigar Retailer Association. They've shortened the name up to Premium Cigar Association. And for those of you guys that, you know, understand kind of what that is, that's our trade organization. You know, they that that we're that kind of helps us lobby and, and be together on a front against regulation or smoking bans. And so that that's our trade organization as retailers, but it's it was a little bit confusing with the um, with the name, so they wanted to make it simpler. And they changed the name to Premium Cigar Association. Um, you know, the issue with that is it spurred a lot of. Anytime there are changes, it's just going to spur a lot of conversation, mm-hmm. and people are going to reevaluate what it is, and people want to make decisions. Everybody's priorities aren't going to always line up. So it's caused some 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 rifts um, within different manufacturers, but you know they want to. You know, most of the manufacturers have gotten together with the help, uh, you know, of PCA, saying, "Hey, let's make this something that people want to come to." You know, we don't want we want retailers to show up so that manufacturers see the value in it, right? If the if if there are a lot of retailers there spending money, and it's a good 
event for the manufacturers, then they're going to come. More manufacturers come, the more retailers are going to come. You know, it's kind of that thing. So they want it to be a cool thing, and they want people to come. And what's happened, especially with COVID last year, we didn't have a trade show. The last few years, there's been this shift towards here's our summer deals or the trade show deals, but we're going to run them for the whole month. So it didn't incentivize people to go to the show anymore. And a lot of it was spurred on by companies that just wanted to get your money first. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to start our trade show deals two weeks before the show. Yep. So now you order our stuff. And then when you get to the show, you got nothing left. Um, if, if you're on a tight budget, you know, which most retailers are, um, yep. you know, they're really watching those dollars and cents. And I think a lot of people saw that was bad long-term for the industry. Um, and so there has been a push to what are we, what are we going to do to make this special for people that go? Um, and there's a lot of retailers like me that we're going to go because we want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of the trade, sh- the trade organization. We want to be a part of the show. We want to build relationships. We love the cigar community. Any chance I get to get together with Pete, you know, or the Fuentes or Nick Perdomo or, you know, Ashton, those people, like I want to be there because that's where I get to see them. Um, you know, Nick Perdomo or Pete Johnson or Padron, those people aren't coming to our store regularly. So that gives us an opportunity to build those relationships long-term. So one thing that they can do and have done this year is offer exclusive deals that are only available at the show in person. And so like for, for Pete, um, he did, I don't know why I'm looking at my phone, but that's because I showed them the deals a second ago. But um, he he came out with like five different things that you can only get at the show, and he limited it to like the first hundred customers. Um, so you had to be there like when the show opened, yeah. Saturday morning, that's your first stop, and the booth is packed <laughs> because there's only a hundred of these deals. Just a sea of people. Yeah, and so that's what I did. First first beeline to, to Pete Johnson's booth put in my order for all the new stuff and then I can go back and, you know, put in my order for all the stuff I need. Yeah. But I'm going there yeah. first to make sure I get everything. And as I went, you know, I had um, meetings set up with everybody. So as I go from booth to booth, those companies are doing that too. So there are a lot of companies, I would say the majority of them were really encouraged um, to offer exclusive cigars at the show. And so a lot of them did that and you could only order them there or you could order them there. And then in three to six months, you could order them if you didn't show up, but there was some First re- reason for you to go there to get this cigar that's only available here. And we only made a thousand of them yeah. or it's a weird size of something that you won't ever be able to get. Um, like the Milanio Maduro Toro mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. Milanio. Did you get was that? Either the V or the, yeah. Well, whatever yeah. it was, I got it. Yeah, no. Yeah. The, the, and so we just had our, had an Oliva event, you know, a couple of years ago and that thing sold well. Uh, I mean, yeah, because it was a new Milanio Toro. Uh, Maduro, yeah, and it was very nice. And I'm not the biggest Milano fan, but that one was was good. You know, they're also coming out with an advent calendar. Really, it's interesting. I don't is, think is that the, is that like the hot one. ticket? I this don't year? think it's a hot ticket. But two people came out with it in the same year, which is weird. seems like yeah. the hot ticket. But of course, both of them say they've been working on it for years, which I'm sure they have. It's not something you just come out with Every, overnight. Yeah, everybody knows what everybody else is doing, kind of thing. Yeah. So, but as soon as one of them heard the other one was doing it, I'm sure they were like, <laughs> "Oh, we got to get ours out. We've been working on this for two I, years." I, I will say, you I don't want to do it next. I, I, year. You're right. <laughs> I think I think the packaging on Pete's will be a little bit better because he already does the Pete miss, you know, as dressed up as Santa Claus and stuff like that. So, yeah. I, I will say I was surprised in talking with other. Uh, reps and people in the industry on the manufacturer side or the sales rep side, they were really excited about the advent calendars. 
So I was a little surprised. Like, it's a cool thing, mm-hmm. but it's like 20-something cigars. Because I think it's one of those things. It's like, like you're... How many are you really going to sell? Well, that's the thing. I think it's because they think... Because you can't break it open. So you're, you're, people who are going to buy it, they're literally buying a box. Yeah. I mean, so you're going to sell just box quantities right. for something that is niche for yeah. just that certain... It's a good gift. It's yeah. a high-end gift, but it's a good gift, maybe. So. That's yeah, so I'm it's, I'm excited. I got both of them coming, so we'll so see which were, one's better. There are two trade shows that happened, yeah, pretty much back to back, and so the PCA <laughs> what, is, like a six week <clears throat> six week break between the two. PCA ICPR has always been in the summer. It's always been in July, I believe. Maybe it was late June, a couple of years, but it's always been in July, as far as I remember. Um, and TPA is the newcomer, and it in the past couple of years has been in January, but we had obviously yeah. a reschedule last year. It happened right. Cause it was right. pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and this year it got delayed cause um, till, till May. Yeah. So they were bang back. Yeah, they were. Um, I was really interested at how that worked out. I'm always a fan of going to both. Um, like I said before, if there's a show going on where we're getting together, I want to be there. Um, so I've I've been going to TPE the last few years. TPE is the Tobacco Expo, and it is all tobacco products. Um, so you've got a lot of other tobacco products other than is it cigarettes as well. Yeah, you've got cigarettes, roll your own. You got hookah. You got CBD, um, all that stuff that I'm not that familiar with. Delta, seven, eight, nine, um, ten different things. <laughs> so you've got all different kinds of tobacco products or things that fall under that, okay. that umbrella. Um, a lot of it's geared more towards um, convenience stores or tobacco stores or vape shops. So, but in the last few years, the premium cigar segment of it has been growing. Um, and there's a few, there's a few pluses. Um, one, it's a different time of year. Um, people have been frustrated with the rising manufacturer wise have been frustrated with the rising cost of attending the, the trade show for PCA because um, it is pretty expensive for them to go. And so TPE, they could have a lot smaller booth. There's not as many people there. It could be more intimate, you know, um, in their in their meetings. Uh, you could have more time. And, you know, you're not, you don't have thousands of people fighting for, for your time. And so I, I've really enjoyed going to TPE um, because it's just a different thing and it's a different time of year where it makes more sense usually to load up, you know, in January, in the, you know, January, February, and then the stuff starts shipping March, April when your business is picking up. Yeah. Um, in the summertime, you're ordering in July, you're getting it later in the year. Um, you know, and some of it won't ship till the holidays, which is still a good time of year to buy it, but it allow you, it allowed you, you know, another, cause like when I go, I try to buy, three months worth of inventory or three to six months, depending on what, what the deals are like. Right. So that allowed me another opportunity to go order three months of inventory. And then I would essentially run out of that stuff by the next trade show and order it again. So it, it had some benefits to it that I really like. Um, and so I like going to both and it gave people an alternative to go when it's not 117 degrees in Las Vegas. Yeah which that's what it was this year. I don't, it was like, I don't think it got below a hundred degrees even at night. I mean, it was, it was still close to a hundred degrees. Um, 
while we were there. So yeah, you're just cooking when you're outside. So it's a lot cooler in January in Vegas. So um, there there are some advantages to go into that. I like them both. I think they both have a place. I think there is a a movement for people that were uns, you know disgruntled or unsatisfied with PCA or the direction that it was going, thinking that TPE could take over that space. Um, having gone to both of them this year, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. Um, and I, mean, I don't T- want it to TPE happen. TPE still the little brother in the trade world it's a different show right it is a different show it's right um like i said they're different but tpe for premium cigars is is much smaller Mm. um the trade show as itself is pretty good size but three quarters of that is not premium cigar stuff so if you're in that market if you have you know a bunch of stores or you have tobacco stores that sell you know some premium cigars but you also sell other stuff then tpe is great um but for a shop like us, you know, PCA is more of um, shops like ours attending that, and, and we're only dealing with manufacturers that we sell um, for the most part. Um, but TPE is good. Like I said, it's a smaller venue. Like you can walk in the booth and spend some time with the owner of the company if yeah. he's there. Um, and and it's it's just a, a more relaxed setting. Um, and it is growing. And so I think that's that's a good thing, you know. More retailers are going, which means more manufacturers are seeing the benefit of it. It's cheaper for them to go. As more manufacturers are there, then more more of us will go. This year was also tough because May, when we went for TPE, so it actually got delayed twice. It was in January, and then I think it was like February, March, or April it was, it was rescheduled, and then it got rescheduled again until May. And so when we went May, that was the first trade show back in Las Vegas was mm-hmm. TPE. Yep. Um and so I think a lot of people didn't go because they just weren't sure. Yeah. You know? Well, the mass mandate in Las Vegas got lifted the week you were all there. The week after. Yeah. Oh, the week after. I thought it was the week you were there because I not, had friend. It was, it was the, week the week after. So, okay. well, what happened was it was, it, it was interesting um, because June 1st, Las Vegas had gone on record or Nevada had gone on record saying June 1st, we're going to get rid of the mass mandate. Mm-hmm. We're there like May 24th. 20th or something. I don't remember the dates, but we're there around the middle end of May. And we were thinking, because if you're going to go ahead and say, Hey, we're getting rid of the mass mandate in two weeks, that you're not really enforcing it that much. Yeah. Um, And it's tough in a cigar industry for you to wear a mask, sample new products, smoke cigars, have a business meeting, um, you know, walk from booth to booth. You're able to smoke, you know, in those exhibit halls because they're smoking areas. Um, and they're ventilated really well, and they're huge. I mean, they're just massive. So um, having gone to trade shows for years, you know, the idea of having to wear a mask and be at the show seemed very complicated to me. So I didn't really think that it would be enforceable. Of course, on the flight and the travel and in the hotel, you got to wear a mask the whole time, and so we did that. Um, and then on the trade show, if you're in a booth with someone, so if you and I are sitting here doing an order, we can smoke the cigars, we can sample the products, we mm-hmm. don't have to have a mask on. But then when I get up and walk to the next booth, I have to have a mask on. Um, and a lot of these booths are fairly close, right? Even if you're not, even if you are smoking, like Correct. you just couldn't smoke you, you from point smoke. A to point B. Correct. Okay. Um, so I thought if I'm walk, if I'm not have to, if I'm sitting here five feet from you and we don't have to wear a mask, and I'm going to walk ten feet over here and talk to this person, I didn't think it would really be that big of a deal for me just to walk over there and sit down but they had enforcers walking around enforcing it. 
Um, they had a lot of people complaining, and they really came down on it hard. Um, and then while that was happening, and people were like, wait a second, you know, this is not what we were told. It was just wild, like, people were talking about in between puffs, you had to put your mask on. Like, there was a lot of confusion on yeah. what was going on, and I get it. It's just been a confusing year, so I'm not coming down on either side. It's just, like, we're trying to obey the mm. rules, but at the same time, what makes sense? You know, what is right? What is an intelligent thing to to and what is something that we know we can follow. Yeah. Um, and you've already said that because numbers are down or whatever, you're lifting the mask mandate in a week and a half. So why are we really enforcing it if you're just going to lift it? Why not just go ahead and lift it now if in 10 days you're going to lift it? What's the difference? So then the CDC came out and said, if you're vaccinated, you don't got to wear a mask while we're there. Right. So then everybody stopped wearing masks. Well, the casinos, the, the gambling board lifted it because we had friends okay. that were out there who yeah. weren't at the show because they're not cigar yeah. retailers or manufacturers. They got rid of the place. And they, were, right they said like almost overnight, the casinos <laughs> went from plexiglass and mass to like encouraging right. people to lick doorknobs just like overnight. <laughs> yeah, not quite that, but yeah, it happened. It was wild because all that stuff was there. And then the CDC thing came out. And it was like gone. And all these signs about mass mandates were gone. Right. That that next day after people were saying that, because I didn't hear it, I didn't keep up with it, but um, they were saying, yeah, you know, this is what they said. Now we're not going to have to do it. And so the, the casinos and stuff started doing stuff. But then they had these people that had already been hired to enforce it on the trade show floor. So mm -hmm. that's where the confusion had come from. Is That'd be tough at a trade show. People were like, the casinos aren't making us do it anymore. The CDC came out and said, we don't have to do it. You guys are now lifting it early or you're still waiting i'm not sure i'm not making those decisions it seems like easy money for the people enforcing be like I, i'm just here now <laughs> yeah you know but no, it was I mean, a big deal because i saw pictures of the people enforcing it it was attractive young women in dominatrix uh outfits that's how it started um then it became, then it became guys like, like us when you guys were not compliant <laughs> right then it, then it became big burly it guys was, it was like friendly you know like yeah. I forget what they call it, some kind of mask squad or enforcer squad. Yeah. And these girls were walking around and they'd say, put your mask up, put your mask up. And it was great because like nobody's going to get mad at them. They're just doing their job and yeah. they're nice about it and everything. And people would right. be compliant. And, but I guess they got enough complaints or the girls were having to do it too much or something. Then they had like the Jack, the, like the red jacket guys, you know, like the, the security guys yeah. walking around yelling at people. Wow. And it was uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, it was very uncomfortable. And, 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 you know, I didn't, nobody ever like yelled at me, but like some of these booths, you know, the guys were like, we were told that in our booth smoking cigars, we don't have to wear it. Um, but wow. in going to the next one we do. And now they're saying, well, no, while you're sitting here, you got to have a mask on. If you're going to puff on a cigar, lower your mask, take a puff and then put it back up, you know, blow smoke in your face, I guess. Or so, like I said, it was just a lot of confusion and then it wound down really quickly. Um, that last day, nobody really goes anyways. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. But was yeah, they, PCA all of that gone? Yeah. So all the mass mandate stuff was gone at PCA. Casinos and at the trade show. Wow. So I assume TPE will be back at normal time next year and it'll be back on the because that, that cadence is much better. January, Absolutely. July is a month. I get I get your point about ordering in January and ordering. And I've been in Vegas in July, um, when it's super hot, and I've been in Vegas in January when it snowed. Um, in Vegas, is a lot more fun when it snows. 
I bet that would be when, cool. When it compared to when it's 117, because yeah, it's just like unbearable. <laughs> it is. I mean, I just like never left. You know, but I mean, that's a good thing about. Right. Well, was your hotel connected to the uh, to the conference hall? Yeah. So you didn't really have to go outside it unless right. you just want to go yeah. to a different casino. Or the right. standard I went answer is it's 70 degrees year round in the casino. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the tr- the PCA. Um, you know, I'm glad it's back at the Sands Expo Center, mm-hmm. um, which is there at the Venetian and Palazzo. Yeah. Last few years, we've had to go out to Las Vegas Convention Center, which is a fine venue. Um, the hotels are the Westgate and the SLS out there or yeah. the Sahara. They're not as connected, like Mark said, unless yeah. you stay in the Westgate, but you still got to walk. So, like, that's where my trade show was, and we stayed at Bally's, so at least it had a tram. Right, fairly close by to it, but right. still, you still got to walk outside. If yeah, you still, still got to get to the fucking tram somehow. And those hotels aren't the same yeah. as the Palazzo and the Venetian, as far as I mean, quality. Yes, um, just things to do as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so like TPE was at at the Westgate or at the the Las Vegas Convention Center, and so the hotel we stayed in was the SLS mm-hmm. or the Sahara, and there's just nothing there. You know, and you're on the end of the strip. And so it's not like you can like walk out to yeah, yeah, to Treasure Island or whatever. You know, you're stuck unless you're going to take an Uber to go to another casino, which to me is stupid because I don't care about gambling that much. But it's tough staying in the SLS for five days. So the, fir- the first time I went to Vegas, we stayed at uh, Bally's. But then we just wanted to, I'd never been there, so I wanted to walk the strip just to get, do the touristy thing. Yeah. I walked to Circus Circus. That's a long yeah. Long walk from Bally's. Yeah, you should walk. Um, so uh, Joe, my friend Joe, and I walked from down by M- MGM all the way down almost to the Riviera one time and back. That's the full. Yeah. That's the full load right there. No, that's that is seriously like eight hundred miles. Yeah, that's what we did. Least so we, we, so one we, way. So we start on Bally's. I mean, it was one of those where you're just going. Uh, I think yeah. we need to turn around, dude. And He's then, in shape. And then walk back to New York, New York, which is yeah. pretty close to the start of the strip, I think. No, uh, New York, New York is probably about three miles short of uh, um, Mandalay Bay. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, but I'm saying like it's New York, New York is by MGM. So it's like yeah. on that end. Yeah, yeah, but then you go. You got the stratosphere on one end. You got Mandalay Bay on the other. Right. Yeah, you, go, the you go MGM and then you go Excalibur and then you go Luxor and then you go Mandalay Bay. So you got three It's hotels. a long ways. Yeah. Trust me when I say. It's a long but, way. The strip but, is a, but then we also. It's a fair chunk of concrete. We all, so also walked to, is it Fremont? Free? You walked to Fremont? You walked yes. to Fremont? That's a long ways to walk. That, is a, that, that, that is, isn't the real problem. That you is, walked through the really bad yeah, part did. of Las that, Vegas. Yeah, yeah so did. that's what we didn't realize was we walked through like neighborhoods mm-hmm. and just like pitch black. And I was like, what in the fuck are we doing? So when Paula and I got married, when we got, <laughs> we went out there to get married. And so we flew in and we had to pick up poker chips, which were, were going to be a gift for all of the, our guests at our thing. And the gambling stores down there, you ever been to the gambling store that's no. there? And it's, but it's down by like the, what is it? What is a gambling store? It's a place where you buy gambling supplies. I mean, geez, yeah, Is it just one of those like, like a grocery <laughs> store, but for gambling supplies? Right. 
And so we stopped there and I let her off so she can go in. And then I start circling and I realized that that was a bad idea. That was good picked up by cops. Cause like I took a right immediately and it was like hooker, drug dealer, hooker, drug dealer. And I went like, around and parked. <laughs> go, this is not a good oh, no, place. We, 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 uh, we took a, this was pre Uber. So we took a cab back to the main strip. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But every time we go to, to Vegas now, since, since my in-laws live in Vegas, like we go to the the local casinos. We don't go to the strip. So, so we go, which one do you go to? We go to Red Rock or M, or do you go to the low end ones? Oh, we go we go to the it's Ellis a, Island. It's an all beige. No, it's uh, the Cannery, um, and Arizona Charlie's. Okay, <laughs> never heard of these. <laughs> nice. places. Oh, Red yeah. Rocks, I'm aware of. It's like I went to a concert there. So it's Red Rocks is nice. Oh, it's super nice. I couldn't believe it. You drive thirty minutes to 30 a casino. And it's it's just like the ones on the strip. I mean, nicer so, than some of them. Yeah. Have, so, have you ever driven the Red Rock uh, Loop? Yep. No, no. We just got it's dropped off. Nice. Pretty, so that's the first night. That was the I've first time it. Mo drove ever. Was wow. I hiked it there? Um, you get out and you hike, and it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. it's that's there's, nice. There's uh, you can rock climb there. I didn't do that because that would be crazy. A guy my size, but uh, the Red Rock Casino because I know you're a card player. Um, usually runs an Omaha Eight uh, High Low game. Oh, nice! Yep. So it was, it was a beautiful casino. That is a very nice. We went casino. To, good buffet. Yeah. Went to went to the Dick Cheese concert out there. Oh, Dick oh, Cheese! Nice. <laughs> first time, Garrett. Uh, first time I heard. Yeah, you know that's Garrett Calhoun. Um, but yeah, the first time I'd I'd ever heard of him. But uh, it was it's, hilarious. Yes, it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Two places you're always going to see good sort of alt is in one's uh, the Hard Rock at Mandalay Bay. Always has weird bands at them, and then at Red Rock, they always just have weird. You'd think it would be, of course, now it's Virgin Atlantic, um, but you'd think it'd be at the Hard Rock Casino, but it wasn't. They always had mainstream acts, mm. but uh, Red Rock always has really cool, like weird. I think the Donnas were out there one time, like which is a garage band of all girls that rocks. But I almost yeah. went and saw a, a, a hardcore show at some little. I think it might have been right behind Hard Rock. Yeah. But one of the first trips that we were down there. Yeah, there used to be a couple of clubs out there. But so other than Tatuaje, which which uh, sounds like they had a really good selection, what other things were you excited about at either show that, that's new coming out or not coming out that you still excited about? I mean, as far as new stuff coming out, seems like it's been a couple of months now, but I don't remember anything coming out at TPE. Unless it was things that were they're they're going to be showcasing at PCA, um, so at, at PCA a lot of companies had some kind of exclusive. Um, you know, Ashton is coming out with a new cigar, which is a big deal for them. They don't come out with new cigars very often. It's not last, like last new cigar was what nineteen sixty five. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was probably what two thousand fifteen. I think it was what? What did Steve yeah. say? We it talked like, about it. It was like weeks fourteen ago. or fifteen. It was, it was right after we opened when the uh, so the was it the ESC symmetry? No, the no, symmetry it was came symmetry. out. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, so that was the last one that they did. Um, so now it's a new San Cristobal line. Um, nice that that they're coming out with, and we're actually going to get to do a launch event for that. Hopefully uh, in September, I believe is when they're hoping to launch that cigar. I love that color. That so I've always liked that seafoam green kind of mint. They got beautiful, Light mint green beautiful color. artwork, beautiful bands, beautiful color on all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so that was really cool, and it's cool that we're going to get to launch that um, uh, at the Conway store in in September. And then, <clears throat> let's see, 
Oliva had the new Milano size, the, or I'm sorry, the V, really beautiful. Not what we got for the event, but this is a 10-count Figurato box, and it's and it's like fanned out. Really, okay. really nice. So you're going to have 10-count boxes of those. I think those things will fly, um, and it's a it's a cool um, tapered on, on the foot uh, cigar. So that'll be a unique deal for them. Um, you know, a lot of the Espinosa stuff looked really cool, so I'm excited about getting that stuff in. You know, the big one for us um, is a whole new br- – the only brand that I went to that wasn't one we already carry – you know, now you go to these shows and it's not as much about seeing every company. Like, you know, you used to, you go to every booth. You want to see what everybody's doing. But yeah. I can't bring in any other brands. I know that. Like, mm-hmm. I can, I'm barely going to bring in the stuff, yeah. the new stuff that my brands are bringing in, you know. Right. And we already have a good partnership. So it's not like I'm looking to replace somebody. So I can't go check out every new booth um, and bring in some stuff. So, um. So that was tough. The only company that we were really going after or wanting to bring in, that was Blackworks. Um, and so Black Label. And so that's that's exciting for us. That'll be a new brand that we have um, in both stores. And so I know we are, we're all fans of a lot of their stuff. And so for us to be able to, one, meet those guys um, was really cool. They're super great guys um, making a lot of really great products. And so I think that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun for us um, to have some new things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of stuff that of course all of it's new to us. That high, that hive box looks dude. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Dude. I <laughs> know you're like, get all of them. You can, I'm like, bro, I can't, I don't know. I yeah, you, sell 20 yeah, boxes. You're like, how many, how many, uh, how many do I, I forgot what, let me see what you said. You said I can get like 50 or 25 or whatever, or like get them all. I could get 20. Yeah. And you're I was like, like, get them all. I was like, get them yeah. all. <laughs> I'm trying to get some help from from the team. No, and nobody else is responding to me. And everybody's just like, get it all. You know, like every time I send something, yeah, get it. I'm like, we have to be able to sell it. There's a ton of facings under Black Label, Black Training, but I don't know that I've had a cigar that I didn't really, really like under that brand. So have you seen the Hive Box? I've not. Oh, here you go. Oh, you should see it. Dude, it's it's so weird. Oh, cool. So it's a a sampler uh, with... And the other thing is their marketing is spot on. It's really cool stuff, and it's very yeah. distinctive. You don't yeah. pick up a, a one of their cigars and think, uh, I wonder whose cigar this is. Yeah. You pick it up. Yeah. Because I have maybe 20 or 25 of those. I picked up some in St. Louis, and mm-hmm. I've certainly gotten some of those in in various ways, yeah. bombs or whatever. And you pick that up, and you don't wonder who made it. Mm-hmm. Then you're just wondering what cigar it is. That's one of the only cigars that I really enjoy a uh, Candela wrap on, just because it's so it's it's just enough where it's not too hay and too grassy. Because I'm not a fan of that, mm-hmm. but it's just like it works really well. I mean, that's whenever I travel out of state or whatever. I mean, that was that's one of the two companies I always look for. Was that, that, a, that I look for those cigars? I agree. I no, don't. Do, I no, don't agree I with to. you on the Candela because the the Sinistro Candela is strong. There's a lot of really good. Mm-hmm. I think. I think actually Candela, they figured out some stuff about Candela, and I think the double wrapper is a key to that. Where you, it's not just where it's Candela. just not that. Yeah, because I think the first the first time I had it was you gave it to me at a Trav's game. It was the Killer. B or no the Green Hornet. Green that's Hornet. what that's what you yeah. gave me the first yeah, time. I had that's the yeah that was the first time I'd ever seen them. Yeah, and I had I bought like five of each. 
And yeah, like I smoked like almost all of them on the on the drive back. <laughs> so fucking good. Right? Uh, because I was dogging so out Candela's about a year ago, and somebody said to me, "Man, you're you're not smoking the right ones." Yeah, and I think that's what I was doing too. Because <clears> I was doing like the eight five eight all Candela right. too much. The the Roma Craft all Candela, just like well, yeah. it's like smoking a bale of hay. Couldn't right. couldn't yeah. do it. But there's some people out there who figured out. Well, um, mm-hmm. for example, the the Mister Green Sinistro. And you, uh, they put a they put a Maduro wrapper underneath the candela, yeah, and it yeah. it chills it yeah. the hell out, and yeah. you just go, well, this is really really nice. I yeah. like this a lot. And I guess the I don't know the guy's name who who is the owner or creator of Blackworks, but man, that dude loves his Jordans. Have you ever seen like yeah. seen his stuff on Instagram, dude? It's all he wears is old school Jays. Like, but in every different color, every different mashup. I mean, it's just like. Yeah. He was he, there. I met him and talked to him. He loves his Jordans. I didn't notice he was wearing J's, but yeah. I didn't know that about him. I'm, I didn't know they were called J's. I'm off the gram, so. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah, I try to do as little social media stuff as possible. <laughs> so, I'm doing it for y'all. Take, yeah. Thank you, you. Yeah, appreciate you guys. No, just um, him. But yeah, so. um you know, Placencia's got some new sizes of stuff coming out that that'll be really good. Um, the Placencia have, have done well here. Yeah, yeah. Placencia's it's been a it's been a banger here. Um, the foundation stuff has has been great up at the Conway store. So what we did for those of you guys that that shop here or are customers of ours, we've been thinking about both those brands for a while, and we made room, but we didn't really have room to bring them both in. Yeah. And we decided, you know, that Placentia was just a better fit here, and we brought it in. And then the foundation stuff we brought in in Conway, and both of them have been fantastic. So now we're trying to figure out how we get them, the other ones in the stores too. Flip-flop and everything. um, To make the space. But right now people can drive back and forth and get get the different ones, and they are if they really want it. Um, But that was – both of those have been great. Um, I'm just trying to think. There was – you know, unfortunately, uh, a lot of our a lot of our brands either weren't there or they weren't offering any kind of deals. You know, because you know, if you if you haven't been keeping up with it, demand in the cigar business has has gone up in the last year. Yeah, supply is not ke- keeping up with that. So you're going to have, you know, probably Q4 this year. You're going to have some supply chain problems with people that underestimated. Um, what what consumption would be, and and how that works, you know, if if it's it's like any industry that you're probably involved in, it's complicated. But um, you know, cigars take years to make, and so they're constantly doing projections. But you know, some people have to buy all their tobacco, or they have to let other people make them. Um, it's not like they have you know just bales of tobacco sitting there in their own factory and they're rolling them nonstop as much as they need. And they go to sell Now, some of them like Perdomo, they can do a better job of keeping up with that. Um, and my father, but companies that are reliant on other factories and other tobacco growers for their product, they're constantly doing, and and even companies that grow their own stuff, they're constantly doing projections because they don't want a bunch of leftover cigars, but they got to make sure they have enough. And when COVID hit, People had to shut down production for two months um, yeah. in a lot of the factories, and then they had to play catch up. Well, a lot of people readjusted what they thought and thought consumption would go down. And 
shops would close, all that stuff. And so they readjusted down and now they didn't have, they don't have enough product. And it's not like you can just boom overnight, make that product back. You know, they don't have the tobacco. They sold it. They didn't buy it. And now Mm -hmm. it's sold to someone else. And so you're going to have some issues with some companies that aren't in a really good place with inventory um, or that aren't really all that vertically integrated. Um, if they rely on other companies for tobacco or for the production of, of their cigars or the boxes, you know, that's been a big problem. Yeah, We got cigars, but we don't have boxes or we don't have bands, you yeah. know, because where we get paper is out of paper, yeah. you know, in Germany or the ink that we get to, to emboss the boxes, you know. So there's so many components of it. COVID has disrupted every area of life. And so all that stuff is creating issues, supply chain issues, like it is in every industry. But you're going to see some you're going to see some issues with some companies um, moving forward this year. And hopefully, you know, starting next year, things kind of get back on track. But there were a lot of companies there that they, there was no reason for them to be there or to offer deals on stuff because they don't have product yeah. to sell. Um, or everything they're going to make for the rest of the year is already going to get sold. So yeah. there's no reason for me to give you a deal. And no need for them to spend the thousands of dollars to to go. When, like, yeah, I mean, one of the bigger booths, like not a big booth, but one of the – the the bigger players i won't say you know like company names but you know a pretty big booth i know one company has and it's been pretty consistent i've, I've talked to a couple of the bigger booths it cost them over five hundred thousand dollars to have that trade show booth for a week or for four days that's with staff with all the you know all the union fees yeah because they you know the, the, that's everything's unionized so like yeah. they have to set everything up I mean, everything you buy and rent, and you have to store it and all that stuff. Like, there's just such a huge cost associated cost associated with it. You know, a company like La Florida Minicana, they didn't go to the show because it wasn't worth it for them, you know? And so it's tough because you understand that, but at the same time, you want to see everybody there mm-hmm. because this is our deal, you know? This is our trade show. This is our once a year to get together. So it was tough because there were a lot of companies there that didn't have new stuff, they didn't really have deals, or they didn't show up because there wasn't a reason for them to be there. And a lot of companies downsized their booth because, because of this stuff is planned out a year in advance. You know, you know how trade shows are there. Yeah. We, we, this yeah. year at trade show, we're planning for the next one. Yeah. They're already working on next year's. Yeah. yeah. And so with them not doing it last year, there was a lot of people trying to play catch up and wait until the last second to decide whether they were going to go or not. Yeah. And so a lot of people had scaled down booths. Um, they didn't have their full sales force there. Um, you know, which I didn't really like. If I'm going to go, I want somebody that I have a relationship with there. Yep. If they're not there, I'm probably just going to keep walking um, past your booth. Um, so it was a little downside just because people didn't know. You know, we you don't get to make that decision a week before and say, okay, well, we think we're in a good spot with COVID and we feel like people are going to show yeah. up. A guy like me, you know, shop owners, they're busy, whatever. People are running businesses. They're planning this out months in advance. And so some people three months ago had decided – I don't feel comfortable going. I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not getting on a plane. You know, I'm not traveling. And I think they were still they were still up in the air if it was going to happen. What three weeks up until it actually started? Like there was no definite 100. percent It's a go. It was still they kept using the word. It's scheduled for this. It's scheduled for that. But it's not. I think yeah. I mean, I think that's probably a safe a safe way to say it. Yeah. I think everybody is having to be somewhat fluid, and you don't know what's going to happen. And if, if an outbreak or something happens and we have to shut this thing down, we might have to do that. So I think everybody was, was cautious. Um, but, but certainly planned on it happening because by then 
a lot of money had been invested. So mm-hmm. they're going to make it happen unless they can't, you yeah. know, got to get that nut. Yeah. I mean, it, people had, and there were a lot of, there were not a lot, but there were people that showed up, you know, and, and essentially didn't have cigars to sell, but showed up because they'd already paid for the booth space. So Might as well be know, there. they showed up. At least you can be a face and yeah, have it in there. So did you, since, since some of the bigger guys didn't show up this year, was this a, better time to shine if you were a smaller boutique or was it, did they just get overshadowed by the big guys that were there or did they get priced out of it because they still have to make PCA and everything still has to make their money. So the booth is still high. Did it price out some of the smaller guys and they just couldn't even go all together? Yeah, it did. Um, booth rent is booth rent. You know, whatever you got to pay to be there is what you got to pay to be there. It doesn't yeah. matter if Davidoff's there or not, or if general's there or not. I don't think, you know, I don't have to pay those rents, but all I hear from vendors or from manufacturers is that it continues to go up. So I don't think that prices went down because they were trying to fill, you know, Davidoff's shelf, Davidoff's, you know, space Fo- on fo- the trade show floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, the people that were there, it it definitely gave them a time, an opportunity to shine with their customers. Um, whether you were a small company or a big company, if you were there, it was very meaningful visits. In my opinion, the, the issue is that a lot of smaller companies didn't go because they couldn't afford it mm-hmm. or they didn't think turnout would be worth it. Um, and then you had, you know, it's just that snowball effect or, or chicken or egg, whatever, however you want to relay it. But, you know, when you have four of the biggest companies not coming, then that one sends a message to retailers that they don't see the value in it. And it also, makes me wonder if I should go or not because they're not going to be there. So, you know, everybody's not, not every shop, but they're the four biggest cigar makers in the world. Um, they're not going to be there. So that's a large portion of most people's portfolio and what they carry in a store. So you're automatically not doing business with four of your big people. Is it still worth it for you to go? Or, you know, psychologically, you also think, well, maybe the trade show's falling apart if they're mm-hmm. not going. Yeah. Maybe other people aren't going, so it's not worth it. You know, and they may have made that decision six months ago. Um, but I think you have enough people like me that, you know, this is our trade show. This is our trade organization. PCA is what we have. I'm going to be a part of it. I, I want to be a part of it. I want to help our industry move in the right direction. I want us to, you know, our voice to be united and to be um, – clear about who we are in this world you know we're not the same as other tobacco products we're not the same as 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 swishers or um as you know whatever the big tobacco companies are that sell cigarettes i don't even know philip morris you know or whoever we're not those companies you know these are this is a um, an artisan thing you know this is family-run businesses this is um handmade products you know this is something that people do to relax to build relationships. Um, it, it, this is not a nicotine device, you know, like mm-hmm. a cigarette or, or, um, Oh, I don't know. A vape I'm, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making statements on that. I'm not an expert in those industries, but, but I know enough to know that we're different, you know, yeah. in, in what we're about. And I think it's important for us to be united on that and to get that message out, you know, because I think a lot of the public just lumps tobacco together. And so what a lot of times what happens in legislation is we're going after bad tobacco and, and all tobacco products like premium cigars get lumped into that, even though this 
segment of tobacco products is a very small industry. I mean, it's, you know, it's 1%, it's, these are 1%, decimal points yeah. on the tobacco industry, you know, and, um, you know, it's a handmade product. It's all natural. I mean, it's a different thing. And so I think it's important for us to get that message out to the public that doesn't understand it, you know, because yeah, you know, a person that goes into a premium cigar shop, it's like 1% of the population. Um, so that voice needs to make it to the other 99% for people to understand what we're about. If you don't like it and you don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. I get that. That's your right. But we want to make sure that people understand that we're different. And that's what I think our focus is as an industry. And when we're all together fighting that, it's, it's way more powerful. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about the biggest four. The ones with the most resources are the big four. And those people aren't involved. And, and I, you know, obviously it's not my decision to make. I'm, I just own a couple of shops, you know, in, in Little Rock, America, but, um, I would like to see them there. You know, that's our organization and, and, but that's something that they're going to have to come to terms with, whether they want to be a part of the premium cigar industry or they, 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 they don't feel like they can support the trade industry. And there's just a lot of moving factors on that. I'm sure you guys can Google stuff. Um, but you know, one of the main deals are when we are trying to separate ourselves from everyone else, we're having to define what a premium cigar is. That doesn't line up with every manufacturer. Nope. Right. So what Pete Johnson makes here is what we're smoking at the, you know, the, the Garcias make this, I guess. Um, so at the, my father factory, this is a hand rolled premium cigar product. This is whole leaves, watered sunlight, age, time, heat, that's it. Rolled up and you smoke it. You get the flavor experience. You share it with friends. Um, and they need a definition that, that makes, um, people that are making the laws and the legislation understand that this is different than what you want to go after. So yeah. what you want to go after is cigarettes or machine made products or flavored things. Those things are bad. Those things are for, you know, we, we don't want kids smoking those things. We don't want things that we feel like are killing people. Um, you know, so all those things that they want to go after, we want to be able to say, well, this thing is different. And the problem is a lot of Drew Estate, who's owned by Swisher International, and General Cigars, a lot of their portfolio, a lot of the things they make, don't fit into that definition. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you since with everything going on in FDA world against flavored infused, what did the flavored infused outlook look like at PCA? Was there a big footprint or was it kind of not there so much? Um, no, there was not a big footprint. I think there's not a whole lot of new flavored stuff coming out. I, we're having, um, some issues getting some of the flavored products or they're discontinuing them. I think the manufacturers of those type products, you know, like acid, um, Java, um, you know, Havana honey, Tatiana, all that kind of stuff. People are very timid mm -hmm. on how much production and how long are we going to be able to sell this product? So it does seem like they're being safe, which I, I get. I, like I they can almost them. see like the writing on the wall kind of I mean, thing or yeah. every week uh, some new municipality or state is banning the sell, sale of those. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to figure out how to, how 
how can we survive in the market? Um, or how do we, you know, rebrand? Yeah. By rebranding, renaming stuff. So, you know, like Nub has their cafe line. They don't call them macchiato, espresso, and cappuccino anymore. Now it's dark roast. Um, and, and Single roast, double roast, triple roast, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, what are some things that we can do? Because the FDA early on was saying you can't have a flavor on a cigar. <clears throat> um, so they're thinking about, you know, so everybody's, you know, businesses are innovative. They're all trying to figure out ways to, to be able to survive in a market. Um, but I think that's the big based on what I see. And I know there's more to it than that because I know guys at these big companies that weren't there and these guys care about the industry. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can support a trade organization that they don't feel has their best interest at heart. And as sure. a business owner, I can understand that, but it's tough. It's just a very tough situation for some of them to be in. So I'm not trying to make those decisions. I'm just trying to help shed a little bit of light on why those people are making those decisions. Um, but some companies, you know, like Rocky Patel is a good example. He's there. He's a big advocate for PCA, yep. and he was this year too. He has a huge line of cigars. It's made by Drew Estate. It's called Java. It's made for Rocky Patel. They are the ones that distribute it and sell it. Um, yep. You know, but he understands that in order for the premium cigar industry to thrive or to survive, he might lose Java. Yep. And so I think that's a that's a thing that some people are willing to do. I think General Cigars, who makes a lot of other flavored products um andrew estate who makes um, a lot of flavored products or machine made products they're saying we're not willing to give that up so we're going to fight against everything so we're going to take our resources and instead of donating them or, or contributing to pca and fighting for just premium cigars we have a lot of resources now we're going to also fight for premium cigars but we're also going to fight for the flavored cigars and for the machine made cigars and all of that so i, I don't think it's not like them giving up on the cigar industry at all. It's just they feel like their their money or their resources are better used in fighting for their company to survive rather sure. than just an industry to survive. And I hope that makes sense. Um, sure. But my thing, I always tell people, people get mad at these companies because they're not involved. And I'm like, do you not think that the biggest four companies in the yeah. industry aren't fighting to keep their businesses. Yeah, they're alive. probably doing stuff in the back, you know, they in the are. shadows and sure. but there's just so much to it. You know, there's so much to it. And if you're a small guy, then you, you, you know, you, you want to present the, the, the side of it that saves your business and that you're passionate about. And I get that. And, you know, if you're a bigger company, that doesn't mean you're necessarily bad. You know, I, I, I always hate that when people are, you know, they get mad at people for smoking Romeo and Julieta or Cohiba or, or whatever. And I'm like, those cigars sell way more because they're good cigars. Yeah. You know, it, it hits a wide swath of the population. Now, you know, guys like you and me may not smoke a ton of those cigars, but it hits a huge portion and it gets those guys coming into cigars and maybe then now maybe they try something else, yeah. you know, but it's not a bad thing. And yeah. those companies want their companies to survive. So they're fighting for what they feel is the right thing to do. Um, and, it's not lining up with what PCA is trying to do because sure. PCA is trying to help smaller companies that don't have as much resources. And so that's all pulling together to try to fight against legislation and smoking bans and things like that. And they don't represent enough. My assumption is, you know, there's a few things that people disagree on in these big companies. And there's so many resources involved that, you know, from those companies that if, if we're going to be, 
giving the majority of the money or the time or the yeah. resources for fighting these battles that we want to have a say in what is the definition of premium cigars. What legislation are we fighting against? Yep. And that doesn't that's hard to line up with every cigar manufacturer to say that we're all on the same page. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yep. And so they've they've decided that for now they're not going to be involved. Oh, and, there's the been, and, and there's even been infighting between two of the big name names in cigars. I mean, you have, I mean, everybody, I guess this happened like a year ago or so, and it is between two big name families kind of going at each other because one thought one wasn't doing enough work on for, you know, the CRA side or, or fighting against FDA. So it's, yeah, it's it's a it's a cluster, but it's a lot of stuff happening in the shadows that probably a lot of people don't see on yeah. the front end. Yeah. Well, for the record, probably more of that stuff should stay in the shadows. Yeah, um, we're cigars are unique in the fact that we are all big geeks. I thought the two families exchanging barbs in public wasn't necessarily it was, wasn't a good look. wasn't a good look, but the four. Uh, uh, businesses make decisions. So I'm a corporate guy, right? So um, this is a decision big businesses make all the time about supporting trade organizations and trade shows. And sometimes um, big organizations pull out of trade shows all, all the time yeah. um, because they, they don't necessarily meet the need at that moment. And so that doesn't mean next year or the year after you're not back, right? Um, I get those four organizations' um, decisions, and and the the reasoning isn't isn't bad. It's yeah. completely solid. Um, and like you said, they're they're supporting the industry. They're just supporting it in a different way. Yeah. So, I can't I can't fault their logic at all. So it's a business decision, and these are big businesses, and they have and they they, they have, have a, a lot of interest to protect. Yeah, and they they have the best interest for us in general at heart. It's Trust just me, they. <laughs> Trust me, they're spending a lot of money, their own money, to fight, but they're doing it in the way that they feel is in their best interest. That's that's just a completely logical approach. Yeah, and it's they got they got to find the right people to lobby and stuff like that. Much like I donate my money to charities that I believe are are Mm -hmm. are advancing my interest. Um, And those four are are huge, but there were other huge. Rocky was there, Fuente was there. I mean, so I mean, there was a there there were big names there. Yeah. I w- somebody sent me a picture of like they did like a replica of the J.C. Newman factory. Yeah, they did. Dude, that thing. Yeah, they looked, won best booth. I mean, that, was I mean, I, that thing looked how big was that? Because just from the picture, it looked big, but it was big. I mean, was it actually to scale size, or was it just the front facade, or what was it? Yeah, I mean, it was. It was the scale size, but yeah, obviously not one to one scale. But it was like an exact replica of their factory, the one, the one down in Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. Red brick building. Yeah, um, b- booth- built out of cardboard. Um, it was it was okay, massive. That what, I, that's why I was wondering what it was built out of. Yeah, it was built built out of cardboard. I think all of it was. Um, I didn't really like fiddle. Tends with it. to not be at least when I was going <laughs> wasn't that fancy. They, yeah, they, I mean, so that's pretty unusual for them. That's pretty cool. And it wasn't like super fancy. It was just really cool. Yeah. Um, to see a factory like there. And it was a it was a big size, you know. Um, and then they had Fuente's done a really good job. They've always done a good job of like merchandising their booth with yeah. like the Fuente stuff, the family story, Opus X. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and that, that was another thing, just on a side note, but another thing that was cool, you know, for us now being a Opus X account here, we'll be able to get some of that stuff more. Mm-hmm. And that pink label, Opus yep. X they did last Rare year. pink. We'll be getting those. Um, and so um, last year we didn't, they, I forget, they made like 50 shops, got them or something, mm-hmm. and we didn't yep. make the cut for that, um, which which is fine. Um but but I was at I, they, he showed me a lot of that stuff that they've got coming out this year, and um, so we should be getting getting a lot of that cool stuff from them. But they do a great job of merchandising that around yeah. the booth. And uh, man, they got man Fuente has a ton of stuff. You don't oh, yeah. really grasp the width of their line until you see it all laid out fancy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you go, "Holy crap!" I guess I didn't really think about all of it. Well, that, and so that kind of because it's Fuente and Newman together, and you just go, yeah, holy shit, you got a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that 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 brings up something else that you touched on, you know, twenty minutes ago or so, um, talking about how some people are, some factories and businesses, not businesses, but suppliers, just don't have the product because they're missing certain things. How many, how many cigar manufacturers are vertically vertically integrated? Because I know. Uh, Perdomo is, but that's the only one that I know. Yeah, and and, and Perdomo says they're the only one. Um, I, I don't really agree with that. I mean, I know that that other companies buy tobacco from other people, or they sell some of their tobacco, or they make cigars for other people. So it's a little complicated to say who's vertically integrated or mm-hmm. not. But in my mind, when I think of a vertically integrated company, it's who grows their most of most of their tobacco or a lot of their tobacco has a place to, to store it, age it, dry it out, ferment it, um, has a go through shop. all the steps, um, who, um, you know, is going to be able to roll their own product, make their own cigars, you know, but promo, you know, they're making their boxes. They're making the cell, you know, they got the cellophane machines. They got, um, every aspect of it they're doing right. Um, and other places might have a, they may own a box factory, but it's not like the Pernomo box factory. You know, mm-hmm. it's a box factory and they make all their boxes. Um, but I, I would say even if you um, are a little more liberal with the definition of that, I think there's like five or six that really are in a good place okay. as far as growing, aging, fermenting, rolling their own cigars and getting them out to people. I think there's like five or six. Because I know like the uh, the newest crux that we got in the – the Don uh, connoisseur, like we're do connoisseur, yeah. do connoisseur. Like we were, we had to wait for like a month for those because they couldn't get hinges. Yeah, I mean it's just like it's sometimes it's the smallest thing yeah. that will well any put company a would deal with that. Like Promo's vertically integrated and they do a great job. I mean they pretty much make all their stuff, but like they don't make paper. Yeah, they yeah. they don't make ink. So you still have to get products from yeah. other people. You know, sometimes that's tobacco. Um, oh, this crop didn't turn out as good as we want. So while we're sifting through this, we're going to have to go to the Oliva family, not Oliva cigars, but Oliva tobacco who grows most, I mean, a ton of one of the biggest in Nicaragua, um, if not the biggest, um, and get some tobacco to make this cigar, you know? Um, so that happens. I mean, I think the general public would be super surprised at how many of their favorite cigars are made at like my father, you know, or made at whatever factory you know it's not like all these companies have their own factories they don't it's just a blend it's just a brand well it's like these made by the garcias yeah i mean pete johnson's been around forever but 
he's had a great relationship with the Garcias since he started pretty much. Um, I mean, their relationship is 17, 18 years long. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, they get their tobacco from the Garcias. They roll their tobacco there in their factory. They got the Miami factory that they roll some stuff in. Um, and that's a great partnership. Yeah. You know, there's no reason for them to change that. Um, yeah. And I don't make those decisions, you know, whether it's cost effective or prudent for somebody. I tell you right now, if, you know, Pepin and Jaime were making cigars for me, I would go look to open up my own factory somewhere, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think people would be surprised that I would say like 70% of the cigars in your humidor or what you're smoking, they're really just a brand, yeah. you know? Most of them aren't, they're buying their tobacco. Somebody else is rolling it out of a factory somewhere that they don't own. They're coming up with blends, you know, they're buying tobacco, they're trying things out. Um, but it's not like, it's not like they own the factory. They don't own the fields. Um, you know, they buy tobacco from people that know what they're doing because people in Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Honduras, they've been doing it for generations. You know, yeah. if I wanted to start a cigar company up, I wouldn't go buy a couple of acres yeah, you to just start buy, a cigar right. company. I start buying tobacco. <clears throat> you yeah. know, well, it's like the, 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 I just got a box of the, uh, the Viaje, uh, layer cake in today. And on the box, it's stamped, you know, Agnesora, Esli, Nicaragua. So, I mean, they get their tobacco. Agnorsa? I, I, I yeah. can, I will, Dude, I, will I always get, I, I will always get that name wrong. Right. So, they, they've been making, they got, they're one of the biggest tobacco manufacturers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tons of people get their stuff or have had their cigars made by them. Yeah. I think Cru- uh, Crux. And it's only recently, in my opinion, that, that their brand of cigars. It, making their own right? stuff. You know, now, JFR yeah. has been around forever. Agnorsa Leaf has been around for a long time, but. Only in the last five years or so have they really seen this up, uptick, like major uptick in their brand yeah. um, of their cigars. Um, but they make fantastic cigars. They make fantastic cigars for a lot of people. And that's what I just go back to. Like people would be really surprised, mm-hmm. you know, if they realized how a bunch of the cigars that you smoke, they all come out of the same factory. Yeah. But they got different, they're different blends. I'm not saying they're the same. <laughs> Some of them are, but I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. saying, you know, they're different blends. Tobaccos are bought from different places. They're grown in different places. People blend them together how they want with the with the branding and the merchandising that they want. And, you know, I mean, when you go down there and, and visit a factory and you see, a, when you walk to a box factory and you see six different companies' boxes being made, like, you know, like yeah. you start to understand, like, okay, it, it's, it's just different because this factory has been here way before Ashton Cigars was ever a thing, you know, or – Alec Bradley or whoever, you know, like this factory has been making cigars since way before those things existed. So it's, it's smart on them to utilize that. And some of them have then transitioned into, okay, well this brand is now growing. So we're going to get our own factory and we're going to start growing some of our own tobacco. Rocky Patel is a big Placentia. Um, You know, that, that's a prime example. Rocky was always just buying stuff. He was always just a brand. And over time he's bought, you know, fields, factories, box factory, all that stuff has more of his umbrella. Um, you know, but he, you know, early on, I think Placencia was doing a lot of mm-hmm. his Rocky Patel stuff. Yeah. And, and then a lot of his tobacco was coming from there. Got bigger. He, he expanded his operations. Yeah. So you just have different, different ways of doing it. Some people like being small. They don't want it to be a big, um, organization. They like just the family aspect of it. And, you know, they'll, they'll make a million or two cigars a year if they're, if they're lucky. And, once they get to that point, they're not interested in growing more, you know? Yeah, so, right. so how many, uh, how many trick or treaters 
uh, did you see uh, this past year? So, so tell tell for people who don't know what the term the trick or treater is. Tell them what that is. Um, well, we all know what trick or treat. People go door to door and look looking for handouts. You know that's that's what a trick or treater is. And so there there are people like that in the cigar industry that show up to trade shows. Um, you know, I used to be in the promotional products business for a hot minute. Same deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the trade show and you just want you know all the you want to see all the cool stuff and you want handouts. Um, you know, not that you might not order it, but they were just there to load up, you know? And, uh, so I saw a huge decrease in that this year, which I think is great for the industry. Um, a lot less people that are just there to, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about opening up a shop. You know, I got my tobacco license. I'm going to open one up and they got four people with them, you know, and they don't have an appointment, but they walk into the booth, you know, and they all want samples. And so, They'll give them some samples and they'll leave. And then they'll and bounce. They'll say, yeah, I'll come back tomorrow and put in an order. They never come back, yeah. you know. Um, I don't keep up with that that much, but it, it is frustrating when you're in a meeting and you're actually trying to spend money and run a business when you are constantly being bombarded by that um, because a manufacturer doesn't know who's legit and who's not. They're trying to treat everybody the same, yeah. and I, I appreciate that. Um, when I was – before I had – the relationships that I have now, I was that guy, you know, walking into a booth. Nobody knew who I was. Yeah. Hey man, I'm a, I just opened up a shop. You know, I'd love to bring in your product. Can I sample some of the stuff and let's put it in order. Um, and so this year, I don't know. Everything just seemed a little smaller. So every aspect was just a little bit smaller. The booths were a little smaller. There weren't as many manufacturers. The crowd was probably down a little bit, but I thought it was fantastic, you know, um, because the people that were there, we're there to do business. And I think the manufacturers, most of the ones that I talked to said it was fantastic for them. Like their sales were great. They were, they grew over 2019 or whatever the case is. They felt like it was a win. They felt like the trade show was great. And I think it was, like I said earlier, that's how I described it. You know, when people asked me about it, I said it was more meaningful visits. Mm -hmm. I got to sit down with you and hear what is your company doing? How are you set up for the next six months? You know, how has COVID affected your business, your supply chains? Where are you getting these containers from? How much inventory do you have in the United States? All that stuff that really matters to me. Like, that's great that you make a great cigar and you want to give me a deal on it, but am I going to get it? Yeah. Can you get it? You know, are you going to have back order issues for the next six months? If so, then it's not something I can bring in. You know, I got to have cigars to sell. And so for me, just because it's the way that I do business, it's, it's probably more important for me to do business with people that have product to sell that are going to, that are set up to weather a storm where some companies are, they're not set up in that space. Maybe they haven't been around long enough. They don't have this, this, the um, aging rooms or the, the storage facilities to be able to warehouse a bunch of product. Um, maybe, you know, they don't have the resources to get in the container out of Honduras or Nicaragua, you know, when, when stuff's going down. Um, you know, and they didn't plan ahead for political unrest or whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff happens in those countries all the time oh, that yeah. you don't ever hear about. <clears throat> well, it happened a couple of years now, ago in, in Nicaragua. Yeah. I well, mean, it's going to be happening again. I mean, it, it's, it stopped this, it stopped, uh, my father and Perdomo because it like, they cut off the main road to right. get to the, to get to the, yeah. the shipyards. And that's something that like a, a average person that comes in here to buy a cigar, mm-hmm. they're not going to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a that's a huge deal to me because if I can't get Pernomo cigars, one of our best sellers, then I got to figure out how we're going to get around that. Yeah, 
Nick's great. He's always planning ahead. He he always wants to have product to sell. So, um, <laughs> you know, I have every confidence that that he'll he'll make it happen. But some of these companies um, are going to be in a tough spot. I think in the fourth quarter of this year, um, and having to figure out new ways to do business. Um, and so it was good for me to be able to sit down with Glenn Case, who owns Christoph Cigars. I don't get to hang out with that guy, mm-hmm. you know. He and I don't we don't run in the same circles. Um, super friendly guy. We got to go out to dinner. I mean, he treated me like I was part of the Christoph family. Those guys are fantastic, you know. But to sit down and talk about their business, who they are, you know, how are they preparing? You know, what's the, what's the last year been like? What's the next six months look like? It gives me a lot of insight into the industry, but also them as a company, hey, I have confidence in doing business with you um, moving forward. You know, some people, you know, if you're if you're doing a buy one, get one free deal right now, which nobody is, but if they were, <laughs> if these deals are great, yeah. like, something's going on, you know? And, and so you got to figure out, you know, who are good long-term partners? And who is a flash in the pan that's going to be gone? Because you can go broke housing, warehousing cigars for people that are a flash in the pan. And so there's a lot that goes into that business side of it that people probably don't think about. But it, but it was a lot more um, informative, a lot more meaningful to me to be able to sit down for my allotted appointment time and have them there. And not have to be fighting off people coming up looking for samples all the time. Yeah. Um, and and so that aspect of it was down. I think people that viewed pictures of the trade show or they do estimations on attendance and things like that, you know, people want to be disparaging about that and say, oh, it looks like the trade show's, you know, going away, like it, attendance is down, you know, this thing's over, whatever. You know, half those people aren't even in the industry. I don't even, I don't know why people need to be negative about it. It mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. This is the industry that you love. Yeah. Why do you want to see it fail? It, that makes no sense to me. So we won't even talk about that. But for me, from being there, I thought it was fantastic. I really appreciated the companies that were there. The companies that weren't there, I expressed to them, I would love to see them back next year. You know, um, I think the cigar community needs to be ignited. I mean, uh, united. Um, it, it is something that seems to be growing. Um, and there are always pitfalls and things, regulatory things that we have got to be on the lookout for that we all can't keep our eyes out we're all trying to run businesses or or you know have a family and all these things there's so much going on that if if we're somewhat united in that front then it's going to help all of us and so i hope that you know next year both shows you know do even better hopefully all this covid stuff is behind us um and and you know people are there doing business and enjoying you know being together um but i love i loved the show i thought it was fantastic i enjoyed that it was a little more of a laid back experience. Yeah. So, so from somebody from the outside looking in, like how I was, since I didn't go, it almost, almost got a feel of it almost like a big smoke because you saw a lot more of what we would call the influencers who we see on IG and Facebook and stuff like that there. Did you get more of that feel of how they're trying to almost like a blend of the two, or is this like a new way of getting that product out there without going through one of the big magazine publications and more just of a, as a direct line to the consumer with quote unquote, the famous people who we, you know, that we see on IG and stuff. Mm -hmm. Tons of influencers. Yeah. 
tons tons of cigar people there. You know, it used to be the publications were there. Mm-hmm. You know, Cigar Coop. You know, he's always there. You know, I see him at the booth. Half Wheel, they're there. You know, like those people you know and you see and you, you know, you say hey to them once a year when you see them and keep up the good work. Now there's, you know, if you got 500 followers on Instagram, like you're at the show, you know, with a camera. And, and so it's, it's different. And, and I think, um, like with everything, um, you know, information channels are changing. They're evolving. You got to be on top of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that PCA certainly is aware of it. I'm sure. Um, you know, I don't have a direct line of communication. I mean, I, I could call them and ask them, but, um, you know, that, that I'm not a part of the decision-making committee. Um, but I'm sure they're aware of it and, and there probably needs to be some sort of criteria I yeah. think would be beneficial. I feel like if, if we wanted to go, we could go as a media package. Mm-hmm. Did they have like an influence pra- influencer package or did those people have to be hooked up with a shop or did they have to be asked in by a manufacturer? You know, I didn't make those decisions. I think that's a media pass. I okay. think if you're, if you're a, you know, Instagram model or whatever, an influencer, then I think you're a media pass. Okay. Um, and there were lots of them there. I think there needs to be some criteria so it doesn't get too overcrowded. Mm-hmm. But I so, love so the fact that they're so there. So it doesn't become into like a big smoke because it's still business first. Right. I mean, big smoke is happening in a couple months down in Miami. Yeah. So you can do, I mean, so of course they'll be there again, but this is more for the brick and mortars to, you know, get them through the last two quarters of the year kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I, I think it's really important for those people to be at PCA. So it's important for Coop to be at PCA. Yeah. He putting out a lot of information about what's going on in the industry and consumers want to see it. Um, half wheel, same way, you know, cigar aficionados, all those cigars, cigar and spirits, you know, cigar snob, all those publications, are direct line to consumers. They need to be there. They need to be able to let people know what's going on, what new stuff's coming out. Um, I, I I think that's fantastic. I want it there. I, I don't want them to keep those people from coming. I think that would be a detriment. But everybody that, that is an influencer on social media you know, yeah, doesn't for, have a following. Yeah, for somebody know. that's not hooked up with a publication, not in a written word, but more just a picture thing, you right. s- I feel like this was a bigger step up this year than it was in the past couple years for that. It was. I agree 100%. My hope would be that those people are there showcasing new products, showcasing what's going on, and putting it out to their followers. Mm -hmm. And that's a valuable thing for the industry. Yeah. I don't know whether that's happening or not because I don't follow these influencers or these people on social media that are, well, that are putting out stuff. And I, and I do, and that's why I think it was it was good because it was more of a direct line to the consumer right. as opposed to somebody reading Cigar Aficionado yeah. you know, for all this stuff. It was more just that one person is getting to their 2,000 followers just instantly just like that. But yeah, so so they would go to a booth and say, "Hey, look, this is all the new stuff Pete's got coming out." Mm-hmm. It's not just a selfie picture of them with with Rocky. You yeah, know, like that, that adds no value to the industry. Yeah, they're smoking something in front of the booth. But if they're saying, whatever, "Yeah, but, hey, here's here's the new stuff that so and so's got coming out," that's a direct line to the consumers, and that's a valuable thing. Yeah, I'm all for that. But I don't know how you nitpick say, "Well, well, we followed all of you guys, so we know that you are going to put out good content." 
and you're just kind of poke selfies the whole time you're here mm-hmm. and ask for free cigars. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know how you differentiate that. Um, it's hard to. But probably. they're going to have to navigate it because that's you, that's where information is coming from. You're going to have a ton of people there. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys got guys like us or you guys um, that have this. This is an information source, you know, and there's other um, podcasts and news sources out there, video guys that do video stuff on Facebook Live and all that stuff is valuable. I'm happy to have those people there. Most of them get it. They're there to get mm-hmm. their stuff and go. I mean, if you follow Half Wheel around the trade show, it's all business. Like yeah. They're not there taking selfies with everybody. I mean, and I hate to keep using them, but they're kind of a, no, I mean, tra- a standard, you know. Yeah, when you when you think um, of you want information, I think Cigar Aficionado is kind of the first one when you think of. But then afterward, after that, it's Charlie with Half Wheel because the way he breaks down cigars the way he write i mean he he did a a, a f- seven column write-up on every cigar so yeah. you definitely get your information there, from that he's getting his pictures he's getting the information mm-hmm. you know he's getting what he needs coop's same way you know he's getting the interview with rocky he's saying hey this is what we're doing this is the information i need he's putting out the articles those guys are all business and i can appreciate that you know if you're there taking up time where I could be doing business just because you want a free sample and you want to hug everybody. Big smoke is a great place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get a lot of, I didn't feel like I was getting interrupted and stuff. Okay. So I don't think it's like, it's a problem. I just think it's something that they're going to have to navigate because it is something it's, that could it's the opposite of a problem. problem. Yeah. yeah. It could turn into a problem, but it's great for the industry mm-hmm. to have so many people that are passionate with a following that have a direct source to consumers. Yeah. You know, those, those people are fantastic for the industry. Well, so we've got a thousand followers, so maybe are we are we influencers? Absolutely, <laughs> try to be. Mo calls me an 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 an, an, an IG influencer. I'm like I'm not a I'm not an influencer. But you know the the shows the shows were were different. I do like with Mark saying I, I like the idea of you know if if the one is early in the year and the other's in the middle of the year. I think that's great. I'll Time continue to grow both. Yeah. yeah. I'm not one of these PCAs better than the other or whatever. They're they're different. different. I want to support them both. I think manufacturers see value in both of them. Um, TP is a lot less expensive for them, but PCA is still where everyone goes. You know, so did they do? uh, I know they usually do like continue education stuff at PCA. Did they do that this year? Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. So did you go any any forums? I did. Yeah. So I always get there. So, like, this year, the trade show is Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And so, Friday, the first day is seminars. And uh, so, all day they have seminars from, like, 9 to 5 or something. Um, and so, I went to those. Um, so, you're talking a lot of, I mean, they're just a wealth of knowledge until they open it up for the general public to start asking questions. <laughs> then I leave. <laughs> right. Oh, come on. Did, like, you, did, you hear any, did you hear any questions? What, like what, what questions did you hear from the, from the, uh, from the peanut gallery? Yeah. Cello on or off. Um, <laughs> so is it plume or mold? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just so many people in the world that, that just like to hear themselves talking a microphone. I think yep. that it's, it's just tough. You know, there are people that have great insight and questions. And so I'm not trying to be disparaging to them because you do get some value sometimes, but a lot of times it's same um, questions. It, every it's year. the same stuff, but you know, like this year you have guys, you know, president of the PCA, you have Rocky Patel up there. Um, you know, Alan Rubin from Alec Bradley, um, you know, shop owners that have 
multiple shops. Um, the guy from Drapers in D.C., you know, mm-hmm. of course, he's the president of PCA this year. Talk about a shop that's got hit by COVID, you know, they've been shut down. Being in D.C., and D.C.'s not back to work, really. So, um, you know, he's had to navigate a, navigate a lot this last year. But so, so to hear their experiences and where they see the industry going and the things that they're doing in Washington to fight for us, you know, the things that we need to be aware of that's going on, it's really beneficial. Um it's not usually a lot of fun, but thankfully, um, Brian and Sharon up at Open Door in Fayetteville, they always go, so I go sit with them, and, and we get to hang out and catch up. And, um, you know, Bobby was there from uh, Cigar District, and uh, so got to hang out with him. And um, so there's usually enough people there that I can hang out at a table, and then we can we can kind of discuss some of the stuff that's yeah. going on. But, yeah, they'll do different seminars, so, like, you know, how to grow. You know, this year they're going to do stuff. This past year they've done – um, you know, how to grow in a COVID world, you know, how online marketing, direct sales, mail order, that kind of stuff has been big for shops that grew during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's merchandising, it's how to treat customers. It's, um, you know, that kind of stuff oriented. Then they go to retailers or like a business aspect of, you know, how to run a successful business. Um, and then they'll do a, um, a, uh, manufacturers seminar where the manufacturers are talking about, here's what we're facing. Here's what we're seeing. Um, you know, here's how we're partnering with you guys. Um, and then it's a government affairs thing at the last one. I think it's usually government affairs and that's talking about all the stuff that's going on in our industry that we should be aware of. So, but very beneficial, very educational, not a lot of fun, but I think it's valuable. So I always go the night before so I can wake up, go to the things all day, and then, you know, you hit the ground running Saturday morning. I mean, literally, I would get to the trade show a little before 10 because um, I was – I could get – so the trade show opened at 10. I could get there at 9 because um, I was like what they call VIP. Um, and all that meant was I signed up early or something. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's not like I'm important. Um, but I but I, I am a supporter of, of PCA, you know, and um, so – and I stayed there at the Palazzo. So, I mean, it was like a five-minute walk yeah. to the trade show, which was fantastic. Uh, first time I've done that. Usually I'll stay somewhere cheap around. But because they had the McGregor fight and Chappelle was there and Garth Brooks was there and I think Bieber was there and, like, Vegas was packed. So there was no cheap hotel rooms in oh, Vegas. Oh, Bieber was there. I know somebody who was there. Yeah, he was not. Really? He tried to get, but is uh, anyway, I can't talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Um, so hotel rooms were packed, and yeah. so the the hotel room block at the plaza was not much more expensive. I was like, I'd much rather stay there than at you know, yeah. Harrah's or yeah. or the Mirage or whatever that's close because you're still going to have to be close. Um, so I stayed at the plaza, phenomenal property, um, and I could just walk over. You know, they have a food court. They have tons of nice restaurants. It's connected to the Venetian. You know, it's all one property, essentially. Um, so I never had to leave except when I went to Casa Fuente. You know, one time we, we, yeah. we decided to walk over there. Um, and it rained first time I've been in Vegas and it rained. Really? Um, but, um, you know, you get there, you wake up, you like throw on your clothes, you run down to the train show. You don't need anything. Cause I'm always running late, you know? Um, <laughs> so I hit the floor like I'm five, you know, close at five. I'm leaving at like five thirty. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm not used to walking that much. I go back to the room. I take a shower and I clean up. Take a nap, maybe if I have time. If not, 
because I got to go, you know, meeting somebody for dinner or whatever, you know, so go do that. We go back to the Palazzo. The bar at the Palazzo is tiny, so there's not enough room for everyone there. You know, there's hundreds of people there mm-hmm. all smoking cigars. There's like 14 chairs. Um, but, you know, everybody's there. So you're just spilling out into the casino. And um, so I would go over to Treasure Island or, or somewhere else, maybe where it wasn't so crowded and hang out with, with people. Because a lot of the companies would stay at different hotels. Feels a little less expensive or a little more laid back. Um, so so it was nice. And then, you know, you're smoking cigars and hanging out with reps and manufacturers and stuff till midnight, 1 o'clock. You go to bed. You know, you pop a few slots on the way to the room and you go to bed and do it all over again. I mean, it's Let, exhausting. Lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah. I mean, it, it's wild. Did you, see our, did you see our old boy over there? Absolutely. How's he doing? He's good, man. He's good. We hung out uh, several nights. I was kind of bummed. Um, cause I expected to go to dinner with Steve, you know, when I was in Vegas, usually Ashton does the dinner, mm-hmm. which is like a highlight of the show, you know, for me, I get to go somewhere cool and eat, you know, and somebody else pays for it. And, um, so this year they weren't doing it probably because they're probably a more last minute holdout deciding whether they were going to come or not, whether it was worth it or whether the show was even going to happen. You can't plan a dinner like that in a mm-hmm. week. Um, so they weren't able to do it this year, but I was like, well, let's just get dinner one night. And they're like, oh, well, we have team dinners every night. So after the show, they all, all the Ashton people went together to dinner. So I wasn't able to eat dinner with them. But whenever they got done, we just met up back at the bar and we played some video roulette or something. I think I made 20 bucks. He's a big roulette. He's a, he's a roulette guy. I got him on it. I got him on it. We stayed at Harris a couple of years ago. And that's what I always played roulette because you could smoke at the table. Mm-hmm. So, you know, usually like midnight, one o'clock, whatever it is, you, there's not, it's not crowded over at Harris. Um, you can find a table where it's just like you. So I'm sitting there smoking a cigar. I'm not bothering anybody, you know, and roulette's a pretty simple game for a guy like me that doesn't want to get too complicated here. Yeah. You, you know? First choice is black, red. Well, even. For me, I, I, I play the numbers. So I just, I just put a dollar or two or whatever the minimum is I got to do, but put a couple of dollars out on some numbers and hope it hits, you know, and if, and usually you can play for a while like that. Yep. Um, so it was fun. And I took Steve down and he was a little more hesitant, you know, to do it. He saw me lose a little bit of money. So he was more hesitant. And then he decided to jump in with me one night and he won like 200 bucks or something. And I probably lost a hundred bucks. Um, and, uh, you know, he was hooked, hooked after that. So but yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. Nice. It was, uh, I heard it was, uh, really hot. Uh, that's a that's a rough time to go out there. But oh, I was miserable, absolutely miserable. But like I said, I didn't go out. But the one time I went to Casa Fuente, and I think the other time well, I went, I walked over to Treasure Island. So technically, I walked across the street um, to meet up with the Kristoff guys over there. Um, but yeah, it was miserably hot. I mean, even after dark, I mean, it's like a hundred degrees. I mean, I, I always thought it got cooler in the desert. Because I mean, the few times that we were concrete holds heat. Very nice. I guess, yeah. I guess I did a lot. Yeah, I was talking to the cab driver or the Uber guy on the way in, and I was like, it's a, it was like 116 degrees when I landed or whatever. And I was like, well, what, was it, what, how cool does it get in the evenings? Like, is it going to cool off after dark? He's like, it probably won't get under 100 for the rest of this week. <laughs> like, even at night, 1 o'clock in the morning, it'll still be like 199 degrees. Well, that's what we get to look forward to this week. Yeah. Um, it, yeah let me tell miserable. you. It was brutal today, and today was the light day. It yeah. only got to... A heat index of 108. Yeah. Um, so I even told the guys at the shop, I was like, you might see me wear shorts 
uh, wow. in, in the wood shop come like Thursday, Friday. That'll scar him. <laughs> it's it's going to be me and my red wings, shorts, and a cutoff t-shirt. Like, I'm going to look like a true carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> by the, by Might as well. Week. Might as well own it. Uh, put a picture out on the gram. <laughs> I think that's a good idea since I'm no longer on the gram. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like uh, if, if I put it out there, will anybody see it? It's like a bear shit in the woods or a tree fall in the woods. Well, we won't. R- wrong analogy. Yeah. <laughs> too, too. Yeah, somebody will. We won't see it, but yeah. All those influencers will. Influencees. They'll all see it. Yeah. Please. So, what so, do y'all think of the cigar? First time. Oh, man. I've been done with that thing. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm, nice. I'm, I'm on the SNS cigar now. Yeah. Oh, is that is that the 2020 edition? Is that the red? Couldn't tell you. Well, what's the. It's, it's black. Black and orange. I, that's orange. 2019, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah, it says at the end of the band, you can see the year. 2019, you got it. Yeah. 2019. So What number? Oh. Five. It's a one. One. That's a one. one. Oh, this is a one. Smoke that, the one uh, is good. Smoke that over the weekend. That was a nice cigar. Oh, nice. One is good. I haven't even opened up my 2020 box yet. I've opened it. I haven't smoked one yet. I've opened up all of them, and I'm smoking them. Really? I'm yeah. on day six of I my I might have 30 just and 30. Cutoff. Did I just miss the cutoff? You missed a cutoff like a month ago. No, I just got an email that said I could do it like by July 20-something. I think it was like the 24th or 25th. Oh, so you didn't re-up? I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember. You should go out and check. I yeah. know, but like, I don't even know where to do that. Heard this year they're giving away 150,000 cigars to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be cool. Well, my cigar, I have, like we talked about it last night in real time about how much like cigars like I need to not buy because we have a lot of overflow and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I am now need, I, I, I'm not going to buy any cigars for a while because I've spent my cigar budget um, on two gaming systems in the past <laughs> 24 hours. Okay. Yep. Because, You're done. Oh, went out I, to Costco. Went out to Costco. So I got the PS5 and I got the new Xbox. Been looking for a year for both. And nice. I was like, uh, yeah, just go ahead and buy both at one time. And uh, well done. Is what it is. Yep. So, but, but no, I like the cigar. I thought it was fantastic. I did too. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's, uh, yeah, so we said Ecuadorian wrapper, Nicaraguan binder filler out of the My Father factory. Um, this one or the T110? Which do you prefer? Ooh. I don't think I've, I don't know which one of the T110s I smoked. I just grabbed one out of the box when I opened it. It was great. I think I would go the Broadleaf T110. I would too. Yeah. Although I all three of them are I think really, I like, really nice. I'll go T one ten, broadleaf, this, and, and then, then the Sumatra. I think I liked the T one ten that I smoked and I don't even know which one it was better. But I would gravitate more towards this because of the size. So what, another one from the uh from the Tatawahe line we got I think we got it in last month or so, maybe in the month before I forget, that I really liked. I only got one because we sold out of it so fast was the uh the bone crusher. Uh, from surrogates i think it was bone crusher yeah that one was badass oh yeah really like that one but uh yeah so i'm <clears throat> anything tap puts out i'm yeah we got fresh inventory coming in i'm all about so yeah but no that's a good one and we only got a few boxes of each so it was like a it was like a preset deal like do you want this or not <laughs> and they limited it to like 100 orders it was wild because i messed up Pete's not listening probably to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. But if you are Pete, I'm sorry. Um, 
And if you are, but, thank you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you are listening, thank you. But I'm sorry that I messed up your time. So like we're all hanging out around the bar, you know, and everything. And the, and the bathroom's like straight across the casino. And so I just walk over there to go to the bathroom. And I see Pete sitting over here about to go to bed, you know, sitting in a slot machine, just chilling. Mm-hmm. Pete's by himself. If Pete's by himself, he's trying to be by himself. Yeah. Right. That man gets no alone time, you know, oh, on yeah. the show floor. Like yeah. he's in high demand. Right. Yeah. But it's like. Pete Johnson's sitting right there, you know, like the kid comes out in me, you know? <laughs> the, yeah, the fanboy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fanboy, you know? So so I go to the bathroom and I walk over and, you know, try to play it all cool and everything, you know? Ask him how the show's going and how the stuff was received and everything. And he's like, man, we, we oversold it. Like, I had no idea how well it would do, you know? And so it, they only made so much. Yeah. And when they said there's a hundred of it, like, I think what happened was, you know, we had to turn in our orders. I think there were more orders turned in. And so by the time they all filtered in, mm-hmm. there was more people that ordered this stuff than they had. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounded like it was a really, it was, it was a big success for him. Good. Um, and, uh, but it is extremely limited. Like I said, they only had a hundred of these packages. So at most a hundred shops, if they limited it to one per shop. Then a hundred shops got it in the country. Yeah. Um, so if you want to try it, make sure you come in or give us a call and try it. Cause um, it's a it's a cool deal and and the cigars are really good. You you've been to a dozen shows between everything probably. Yeah. Do you still get a little starstruck when you see somebody like that? Because I've never been to one, and I feel like the at least my first one I will be a little gobsmacked and be like, oh my god, there's there's Jonathan Drew or there's yeah. Pete or whoever. Not most of them because most of them are like super down to earth nice guys, mm-hmm. you know. And you just realize these are just cool guys that are in the spotlight more than me, you know? Um, but we have the same passions and the same like love for the industry and love for cigars. And so when you have that much in common with somebody and they're like a good person that makes you feel like, you know, um, you know, you're kind of on the same level, then it only takes a couple of those. Plus with Pete, I was very fortunate to get to spend a few days with him in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we went to my father factory, he was there unrelated. Um, with when he was shooting that movie and that we did the the uh, hand-rolled movie hand-rolled, that he yeah. did um so he just happened to be there with a couple of vip people that were involved in the movie um and so when we were doing our factory tour and their whole fa- everybody was there like pepin was there their daughter you know who's um they're now married right with pete um, um couldn't yeah. tell you so i think they're married um so anyway the kids were there. Pepin and his wife were there. So, like, in the whole sales force, you know, Jose Ortega. Um, and so we, we got to hang out with all those people, you know, for a week, which was unbelievable, you know, for a guy like me that, like, grew up smoking their cigars and loving them mm-hmm. and then getting to spend some time with them. And, um, you know, just to get this to see his love for the industry and how he is such a just a good guy that cares about people and cares about the industry and – um, loves being a part of it, you know, makes you feel very comfortable. And so for him, he's just a great guy. He loves the industry. And I think, I think any of his friends would, would say that about him. Um, you know, obviously there are guys that you don't see much, you know, that, that would be a little more starstruck by, um, like Padron and Carlito, um, Carlito Fuente and yeah. guys that, that, you know, you don't see as much, but you know, Carlito's also fantastic because he'll like remember your name um, if you've met him before and, and, um, he's super nice. So, you know, fortunately I got to go down to the, 
Chateau de la Fuente to the Cigar Fairy Charitable Foundation. And, um, you know, there was 50 of us there, so I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with Carlito. But, um, but man, to see his passion and then to see him remember who you are. Just being uh, in that presence pretty, kind of thing. Yeah. Pretty cool. But most guys in the cigar industry, they're not pretentious. They're not jerks. Um, and, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't really get, get starstruck, but I get excited, you know, like yeah. it's cool seeing, being a part of this industry that I've grown up loving, yeah. you know, did for you, the last 20 years. Did you ever have that feeling when you, when you went? So the first time you go and you meet some of those guys, it can be intimidating a little bit until you realize you meet the first couple and you realize that 99.9% of them are just really genuinely cool guys. Oh, they put on their pants the same way kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. And then you kind of get over it. Um, um, there are some big names and everybody treats them as big names. I find Rocky to be one of the most genuine people you're going to meet in the industry. Um, but the part that always freaks me out about Rocky is that the way everyone else acts around Rocky, because everybody freaks the fuck out with Rocky and Rocky is one of the more down to earth people. And he's just, just this huge ball of fun and energy. And I've met him 10 times. Maybe you've got to have met him more. And, and, and so he's such a nice guy that you just, you fall pretty comfortable with him, but everybody else, like he's like a rock star and he is a rock star. Yeah. So in our little game, he's a huge rock star. So there's times when you're around Carlito is this way you get, cause I've seen him met him a couple of times at Casa and people just, I mean, it's like you're meeting Mick fucking Jagger and you're just going, <laughs> everybody chill the fuck out. Cause you said that you had, I've had two, maybe one minute conversations with him and he wouldn't remember my name cause it wasn't when I was hooked up with the shop. He's just a normal guy. Like we laughed and had a good time and like it was a normal conversation. My general experience with famous people, because I've, I've met a handful, mm -hmm. is most of them in a casual situation are just normal dudes. Because the ones that aren't, aren't going to ever be in that casual situation with you. Like I, I assume that, I don't know who, who I would name, who's a jerk, right? They're not going to put themselves in a situation where they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to interact with me. Like I'm, right, I've told right, the story yeah. where I met John Randall at Casa Fuente and we talked for an hour. Mm -hmm. John Randall is the big nose guard from the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> it was the, he was undrafted and went to the Hall of Fame and him and I just talked for an hour. And he asked me a half hour in because we were just talking about where we lived. And he said, well, I, you know, he said, made some offhanded comment about where he was. And I said, do you still live in Minneapolis? And he, he goes, do you know who I am? And I said... I'm a Bears fan. You tortured us for fucking years. Are you kidding? Do I know who you are? And then we laughed, and then I asked, how much do you hate Brett Favre? Because Brett Favre's with the Viking. He goes, I hate every fucking quarterback I've ever met, even when they were on my team. <laughs> Just was the coolest dude. Just funny, laughed. Yeah. And most of those guys in that you meet that are, I mean, they're just normal dudes who do something that's famous. Yeah. But, um Pete's cool. Yeah. I haven't spent as much time with Pete, but people I know who are in the cigar industry are just cool dudes. Yeah. I probably get more starstruck or nervous around cigar shop owners that are like really Big successful. Yeah. yeah. You own a bunch of stores, you know. Because that's what you do. Like the Fuente guy, a Fuente. When I was on the Fuente trip, you know, I didn't deserve to be on that trip. 
you know, like <laughs> how I weaseled into that. Thanks, Jake. Um, but, you know, at 50 retailers, but we weren't all retailers. I mean, from all over the world. So a lot of people there are like wholesalers in Spain and mm-hmm. other countries yeah. that are promoting Fuente all over the world. Right. right. These people are, are big, big, big players. Time. And um, I, I know people say a lot of these guys are great, but I don't know them, yeah. you know. And right. so you've got guys that own like multi, like the uh, the Corona guy, mm-hmm. you know, they own that. Wow. Like, like those guys that own a ton of shops that are like really really well known, um, you know, or the guy that owns Drapers, it's you know president of PCA, um, like those guys intimidate me more, you know, mm. because I'm just I'm new in this game and they've yeah. been doing it for so long, um, it's a little harder for me to try to break into that. But some of them are so personable. I've just like gained an insane amount of knowledge. You know, yeah. we've talked about, you know, like Diebel's up in KC. Those guys do a phenomenal business. And I just happened to be at dinner one time with, with and they were, you know, it was my father dinner. It was the 15th anniversary. Pete Johnson was celebrating his 15th anniversary. Pete Johnson broke out his wine. And, you know, we ate steak and smoked cigars and drank wine. It was fantastic. Those kind of things are like once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. I just happened to be sitting at the same table as – Kurt and his wife mm-hmm. and they're super nice people. And so yeah. that's cool for me because like, I want to soak up as much knowledge as I can, you know, from them. Um, and so probably because I want that relationship more than, um, because I can learn so much from that. Right. I probably get more nervous around those people. Yeah. I feel, I feel that because like whenever I travel and I go to a different shop, like I always try to sprinkle in there like, Oh yeah. You know, Tobacconist work at a shop and everything and try try to not make myself look like a fool. Mm-hmm. That's always the, like, I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. But that's cool. Huh? Is there anything else we need to touch on? Probably, but I, th- I feel like we've touched on a ton. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, thank you, Brandon, for the time. This was really good conversation. I think the uh, cigar uh, folks are going to, just geek oh yeah for the people the, that like the cigar talk this was actually a just a, a show for just cigar it was at least 41 percent cigar <laughs> at yep. least it's how i'm on that's that's really you know cigars and fishing that's really all i can talk about so <laughs> right um yeah so if i'm on that's what we're gonna be talking about well now next can, next time we'll do well, fishing well, well now okay. i can i can get the same game as you and we can i can jump on with like you and will and everybody else and do that'd that. be awesome yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. <laughs> if you want to play a video game sometime, let me know. Oh, I, I love playing video games. Like, I'm going to set up, since I now have an extra one, I'm going to put it outside so I can have a gaming system outside and smoke cigars. That's a great idea. It's awesome. Can't I wait. Love it. Love it. Can't wait. So. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's see. What do we got coming up? Um, my next week's... one is the top five rock albums. Next we one, we got to decide if we're recording this weekend or next weekend. Uh, let's take a week off since we got two in the bank. Let's take a weekend off and we'll Sounds record great. next weekend. And that's going to be with you, me, and the missus. Yep. So we'll get 15 albums and we are going to argue back and forth on who's right, who's wrong. Yeah. And I will say right now, Mo will win the argument. So. <laughs> I have started a list of my criteria, just so you know. Uh, yeah. This, so, yeah. This it's, is going to be intense. It, I can already feel it. Dude. This is going to be intense. Like Top no five compilation like albums, stuff. no best of albums. No best ofs. Right. No albums um, that were released after, like, 76. 
Oh, I'm breaking. Mine's going to be like nothing released no, pre right, right, 89. Right. right. Yeah. No, no <laughs> compilation albums. Needs to be uh, the strength of the whole album, yes. not, just not just one, one or, or two songs. songs yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, it's going to be a fun one. So yeah. I, it, I've listened to some albums I haven't listened to in a long time. Right. Trying to get the juices flowing and stuff. Yep. So, right. Well, that will be coming up shortly. And uh, I guess until then, we will see everybody uh, next week. Be good. Later.